0: I actually, uh, I was in junior high school and my parents kind of lived close to the school. And uh, I'll put it frankly, I skipped school to watch the draft. And I knew the draft was coming on TV and it was the 93 draft. And I knew it was coming on ESPN. I skipped school and I went, to, I went home and my parents were gone out of work and I watched the draft. And that moment, uh, I just got enamored with the process of scouting. <laughs>
1: Welcome everybody, the second most anticipated podcast of the year, behind of course the Detroit Lions preview. It's the What I Would Do Mock Draft Four Ways, with of course Lee and Tommy Murray, and then bringing in the judge, Connor Ryan, Skyping in, Zooming in from South Bend, Indiana. Boys are, how how are we feeling? Unbelievable. I'm I'm nervous, man. I'm
2: nervous. I'm a little nervous, too. I'm I'm a little little nervous, nervous man. Uh, I want to say, too, Clep, I know this is kind of your job, but part of what makes me nervous, I think, is the fact that we got a little trade action happening. We went all in. We're we're doing the trades. We're going to kind of police each other a little bit here. But, you know, man, this is the real deal. With each year we've been doing this, we've
3: kind
1: of— Slowly but surely, we keep improving. Right, First year, we went one through four, just kind of robotic. Last year, we introduced the element of, of drafting our own teams. Uh, and This year, we're, we're bringing in the trades. Not really sure how it's going to work. If any will happen, it's, it's kind of unclear, uh, but definitely an exciting time. Uh, let's just get into it. Real quickly, though, quickly run through the teams that we are representing, starting with Connor. Connor, who are your eight teams in this What I Would Do mock draft?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to be kicking this one off with the Jaguars. And then I go on a little bit of a break, but then you're going to hear from me a lot in a row. I got Dallas, Minnesota, New England, Arizona, and then I kind of come out at the tail end with uh, Green Bay and Kansas City. Beautiful.
1: Tommy, who are you representing?
4: I will be representing the Jets at the
5: number two pick, the Niners at the third overall pick, then the Dolphins at six, the Raiders at 17, the football team at 19, it is. The Browns at 26, the Saints at 29, 28? excuse me, sorry, 28, and then the Seahawks at 56, I believe.
1: Lee, who are your horses?
2: My horses are the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, the New York Football Giants, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. And I just realized I've got six of my teams in pairs of two are all in a division together uh, with, with Atlanta, Carolina, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Kind of just realized that. Little interesting tidbit there for the for the listeners.
1: Got to be careful with those those trades. Yeah. Can't get two absolutely. Happy. I'll promise I won't uh, do any in
2: division trades.
1: And then uh, rounding it out, I have the Bengals at five, the Lions at seven, the Eagles at twelve, the Chargers at thirteen, the Bears at twenty, uh, the Bills at twenty nine, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at thirty two, and special in this year, first time ever with a team that doesn't have a first or second round pick with the Houston Texans. Of course, this is usually a 64-pick mock, just two rounds, but we're slapping on at the 65th pick for the Houston Texans. They really do draft at 67, but you know we're just going to give them the 65th overall pick, and I'll, I'll come in and, and make a pick for them there. We did do, on the last episode, a full seven-round mock for the Texans that I thought went pretty well, um, but we're going to see how this board falls with the four of us and, and make a selection there at 65. So, Connor, without further ado, the Jags are on the clock as they have been since January. What is your selection? And I think Connor has been with the number one overall pick in all three of the drafts, if I'm not mistaken. I think, I I think, think he, he had the Cardinals. I think he might be right. And then last year he had the Bengals and took Burrow. Connor, once again, kicking us off at number one. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock is the pick in.
4: Yes, the pick is in. I had it a little bit on the block, somewhat with Tommy earlier, <laughs> but because uh, I think he is the only team with the capital to make a move for it, but he didn't seem to really want to bite. So this pick will be Trevor Lawrence.
2: Easiest pick in the draft. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not really a shock here. It would have taken a lot, a lot of capital for me to give it up. To Miami potentially, uh, I mean a lot, a lot of first-round picks for sure. But there was never really a serious discussion about that. He's the best quarterback in this draft, despite you know people really trying to overthink it and get people to click on stuff. But this one's been a no-brainer since he won the championship at Clemson way long back three, ago, three years ago, a long time ago now. Yep.
1: All right. Well, yeah. No pushback. No Trevor pushback from me. Going number one overall. Tommy, you're on the clock here with the Jets at number two overall.
5: Yeah, and this is where uh, the hard decision starts, and this is where the nervousness comes from for me. Because to be honest, um, it's between three players, but really two players. you got Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. And between Wilson and Fields with the Jets at two, um, it's, it's one that I think you can make a very good argument for either of them. I think that Wilson presents a higher ceiling. Than Justin Fields in terms of arm talent and what you could do with the modern NFL offense. But I think with a team like the jets who are as barren as they are getting a guy like fields, who perhaps is a little bit more pro ready able to start from day one and has, is just an elite athlete at the position, which is a thing that I think he kind of stands, you know, him and Trey Lance are the only guys that you really can put that label on. Um, So, and, and ultimately I want to say, I know this is something that I've said before, you know, whomever the, draft, the Jets take at number two in real life, it seems to be that it's going to be Zach Wilson. I think a lot of the onus of their success is going to come down to this coaching staff with Robert Sala and uh, Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator because this this roster is really bad. There's needs all over. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to have uh, two more picks to try to address that. But I'm going to stand on on for my guy here, Zach Wilson from BYU. He's going to be the pick. Um I think that the high end upside is Zach Wilson, like I just said before. Uh, it just gets me really excited. I think I truly believe that he has potential to be an Aaron Rodgers type player. I think you know that's the high end of his uh, spectrum, but he needs a lot of work. Um, there's no questioning. There's a lot of throws on his tape that are just unbelievable, and I think are one of one throws that are not on Lawrence's and Fields' tape. I mean, it's not that they necessarily can't make them, but they just don't have the same. Um, same tape and Wilson's ability to anticipate, to throw into tight windows, uh, makes me confident about him, his projection to the NFL, where I think, you know, anticipation and tight window accuracy and, you know, explosive plays is really where you get a lot of value.
1: Um, so. I mean, I, I know on the, on the podcast, we've, you, me and Lee have kind of beat this thing to death between Fields and Wilson. I think Lee and I are kind of firmly in the Fields camp. You're with Wilson. Connor, I know you also have been talking to Tommy a lot about these two quarterbacks. I mean, What do you think of the pick? Zach Wilson at two here to the Jets.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely chime in here because you're not going to hear from me for a little bit until uh, Tommy's Cowboys in fact. Yeah, with Zach Wilson here, there's a lot. Tommy gave a very nice little uh, speech there to kind of cover all his bases there in terms of the pick. But this is a what would you do mock. And I'm still a little confused as to why anybody's taking Zach Wilson over Justin Fields at this point. There's a lot of words being thrown around, like upside, playmaking ability. I'm curious what throws Zach Wilson can make that Fields can't, because you know for all this clear ability that Wilson has that Fields doesn't have, it got him 0-5 against teams with 10 plus wins in the group of five. That'd be Coastal Carolina, Hawaii, San Diego State, Utah State, and Boise. Against those teams, he's thrown one touchdown and seven interceptions with a 61% completion rating. He's 0-3 against the two elite coaches in his conference in Whittingham and Peterson. And on top of that, he had a 68 QBR in his one real tough game of the year against Coastal Carolina. He wasn't elected a team captain. (laughs) He got mugged in that Coastal Carolina game, and none of his O-line came to step up for him. And as of June 3rd, 2020, so before this season, go look at BYU Insider. They wrote a case for why Baylor Romney should be the starting quarterback. And now people are talking about this guy as the number two overall pick in the draft over Justin Fields, who is the top recruit out of high school, probably would have won the Heisman this year at Ohio State if he had played an SEC full slate of games, and somebody who absolutely tore the roof off of Clemson's vaunted defense while injured. In the Northwestern game everyone loves to talk about, he had an injured thumb, And people always talk about how he doesn't make second reads. That article came out. It's categorically false. He actually threw his second receiver more than Lawrence and more than Lance. This guy's the number two pick in the draft. He's 1B in most drafts. I think he goes number one overall. I'm very curious as to why Tommy would take Zach Wilson, number two, to the Jets. I think it's all about
5: projection. And like all that you said with Wilson last year, um, you know, is great. But I think when you turn on his tape this year and I watched, you know, all the games that he played, Last year, I did watch some of the 2019 tape. Where obviously it's not great. It's not. I mean, this was a, he had a really special year. It was a Burrow-esque year. Obviously, it wasn't the same type of. You know, Burrow probably was had the best single season um, of his career. But I think when you see the trajectory and the improvement that he made from 2019 to this year, yes, the competition was worse. But against against poor competition, he still. I mean, there's bad there's bad throws on tape. He only threw three picks. Uh, last year, he should have had at least five more. I mean, there's there like it, I think there is some nuance into like how he played this year, but I think in terms of again, like I said, with anticipation and tight windows and him being able to make plays um, out of structure, I think it's filled with that more so than Fields, and I think more so than Lawrence. And I don't, I still think that Lawrence is my my QB one, but I just like you know, I think. You can go both ways because you know Fields. You talked about the Northwestern game. You can talk about the Indiana game too, where he got outplayed by Michael Penix, and they were up twenty-one, you know, twenty-one nothing or whatever it is. I still think, and I don't want to bash Fields too much because I get put in this, especially with our famous four-five uh, bet going out well, to August. I mean, yeah.
1: Let me make the pick with Yeah, well, let, yeah, well, it's it's a live draft here, fellas. So let's let's, let's okay. the clock is the clock is ticking at, on Tommy here at three with San Francisco. Um, where you is is the card in for? Yeah, this Yeah, the
5: card is in, and it's Justin Fields. Um, this is the this is the Justin Fields pick. For me, it's between Fields and Lance, and I just think Fields is a little bit more refined player than Lance, even though Lance may have a bit higher of a ceiling. Um, I think whoever whoever San Francisco picks here at three, uh, should be chalked to win Rookie of the Year. Should I think it probably would be my bet to have the best career, just because they're going into arguably the best situation in the NFL to play quarterback outside of maybe Kansas City. That's just kind of what I think of that situation. I think, you know, it, it sure looks like in, in real life, San Francisco is going to take Mac Jones here. But for me, getting an athlete like Justin Fields who can operate within this system, I think it's kind of similar to what he had at Ohio State. I don't want to put this as a knock against Justin Fields, but he, he's playing. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave might be the two first receivers off the board next year. He's playing in a. You know, an NFL-esque system with a great offensive line, with unbelievable coaching from Ryan Day and a great offense. And I think he kind of gets a similar situation here with San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan and the weapons that they have and the potential to even add more throughout the draft. Um, And, you know, this is a Super Bowl contending team that gets a really elite prospect like Justin Fields.
2: If you want to make that point about Fields, I just want to say the talent differential was probably the same when you consider the fact of who Zach Wilson was playing against, I completely so, agree. I agree. When it comes to guys like Mac Jones, Justin Fields, they're playing with superstars. We get that, but they're playing against superstars too on some level, and um, especially when they're in the college football playoff. And a player like Zach Wilson, you know, his toughest game was Coastal Carolina, played against you know some hampered teams this year, UTSA, uh, you know, you name it. So the talent differential is, is, is much different. And, and I would say that it's kind of a wash.
5: Yeah. That point. Lee, I completely agree. I just kind of wanted to say, I just wanted to like put that out there and you know, there's a lot of like there's throws on fields tape where he's giving a shallow cross, a five yard throw to Chris Olave and he's taking it to the house. I just, you know, and I think, you know, it's kind of, I was bringing that up schematically because I think there's some similarities with San Francisco and kind of a lot of the weapons that he would have that are on the roster right now. And Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Kittle, it's a lot of that. I think it's there's some familiarity there, um, and and to take it back to New York, it seems like they're going to try and run a similar system. So this is you know I don't think that this is a you know this is a tough this is very tough for me. I really think I don't want to be put into like oh I think Fields is not good camp, but. Maybe I just, you know, maybe I'm biased and I, I just really like Zach Wilson a lot. I really like what I saw on tape, and I think him continuing to get better, if he does not improve, both these players have to improve. They both have, you know, downsides to themselves, but the ceiling of Zach Wilson I think is, is truly, truly special. And it's not that Fields isn't as well, but I'm just gonna plant my fa- flag on that hill. I'm doing it your I'm, way. I'm doing it my way. And I knew and I know <laughs> that I'm in the minority here uh, with, with you, Connor and Klepp, So, and me,
1: um, Don't Lee, me. Lee I, I, yeah, and, and Lee. Lee, you're on the clock here with the Falcons at four. Uh, are you going to make it the first time in NFL history that quarterbacks have gone one through four in the draft is the pick up for sale. Uh, what are you looking at here? I'm
2: doing the pony in the draft room and I'm going to make that happen with Trey Lance being the selection here. Um, he's my number two rated quarterback ahead of Justin Fields. Kind of for similar reasons why Tommy said Zach Wilson's had at Justin Fields, not stuff that necessarily is resume centric, more so the projectability side of things. Um, I'm in love with Trey Lance as a football player. I think the sky is the limit for this guy. I love his physicality. I love the way he plays the position. He play he he plays. He's got a high IQ style of quarterbacking in my opinion, and I think that's a big part of the reason why he didn't throw an interception and had arguably one of the best uh, seasons in FCS history winning a national championship and the Walter Payton Award as an 18-year-old redshirt freshman. Um, It's a darn shame that he hasn't played football in a year and a half. I really wish we could have seen more out of him last year, kind of just to build his profile and see what type of player he really is because we only have such a small sample size. But that all being said, um, I think that, like I was talking about with the potential, with the situation Atlanta's in, I don't consider Matt Ryan to be necessarily the quarterback uh, he once was three, four years ago. I think we've seen a steady decline in the past couple of years, and I think that Atlanta should be looking to their quarterback of the future, and I think Trey Lance, in my opinion, would be a steal at this pick. Um, and even if he sits year one behind Matt Ryan, learns the offense, gets immersed in the culture a little bit with the new coach and GM, um, and Atlanta can get this thing running next year with a guy who very well could be uh, their, their quarterback of the future.
1: Yeah, and one quick note, too. I mean, we talk a lot about, oh, Matt Ryan's there. They might stick with him. Lee, I think this is the correct decision. This is what I would have done if I was in your shoes. I don't think you should let maybe an awkward situation or like mm-hmm. the fans, you know, wanting to play Trey Lance preclude you to, from making the, the, the correct decision um, for your franchise going forward. Uh, so Trey Lance goes at number four. I'm on the clock now with the Bengals. Uh, this, this pick was getting a little action earlier from Connor. Connor was nibbling seeing what he could maybe get, but uh, I feel extremely confident just sitting here and taking who I think is the second best player uh, in this entire draft class, and that's Penny Sewell. Um, I was thinking about this pick a little bit earlier today. You know, where would I have ranked Sewell if he was in this class, in the tackle class from last year? Um, obviously, it, it's I'm never really going to know just because I really love Makai Becton, and then with the way that he's played, uh, in his rookie season, that kind of bolstered how I felt about him, or you know, made me believe in that uh, ranking even more. So I think I probably would have had Sewell second um, behind Beckton if you kind of combined the last two tackle classes. But I think this kid is pretty special, and goes without saying. I mean, Joe Burrow is in is in the uh, uniform photo shoot, and he's got a big old scar on his leg. All right, and then we had the conversation about Jamar Chase, right, Tommy? Who helps Joe Burrow more? Oh, would Joe Burrow be injured? You know, if if you know you take Sewell, he still might get injured. Well, I know damn sure he's going to get injured if Chase is on the team, all right? Because we need to fix this O line. There's more of it coming they're in better, the second round. Be. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big ugly draft uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I feel very happy getting Penny Sewell uh, with this fifth pick. Uh, so, so Tommy, you are up with the Dolphins at six.
5: Uh, and I would like to formally announce that the pick is for sale. If anyone wants to come up. You have any takers?
1: <laughs> I no. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. My
5: squads are good. Connor, any quarterbacks you uh you're
4: on? No, not at this time. Although, depending on what you do here, I might be calling Kliff's line in a minute.
5: Lee, you got a a team you're picking for in uh, Colorado, Clat State. You got a, to try and come up.
2: Why would I want to come up?
5: Get a quarterback. Compete. You're going to take a quarterback? I'm just saying, ensure that you're getting a quarterback. No. <laughs> All right. I think Connor might break your heart in a little bit. Maybe. Um, so for me, this is between three players. I think if Sewell were to fall to the Miami, um, I think Miami needs help on their offensive line. I think there's a lot of average players uh, across that offensive line. If Sewell were to fall... Um, it would be a conversation for me, but for me, this comes down to Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle. Um, I think that, you know, I think Pitts offers the perfect combination of those three players of floor and ceiling. They're all very high floor high ceiling players. Um, Waddle and Chase is very close for me in terms of receivers just because, I really think that, I mean, what Jamar Chase did with Joe Burrow in 2019 was a special, special season. He was truly unguardable. It brings a complete a physical skill set that uh, is NFL ready. I've made the comp before. He reminds me a lot of, of A.J. Brown and what we've seen A.J. Brown do in Tennessee. Um, Jalen Waddell, special, special player. He's, he's middle-class Tyreek Hill. That's what I call him, middle-class Tyreek Hill. He just needs he needs to put some stuff together, and then he'll be Tyreek Hill. I, I think he has that ability. But that being you said, you were saying
2: that about Rugs last year. I, I, was, not, I, I was about to say,
5: and this is for <laughs> real. I know, I know, I said the same thing about Rugs literally a year ago on the four-way. But I was an absolute philistine saying that because Jalen Waddell has the twitch. He's got the twitch. Rugs doesn't have the twitch. Rugs is a straight line guy. But anywho, um, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna take Kyle Pitts because I think Kyle Pitts is a truly transcendent receiver receiving talent and he just so happens to play tight end i think the possibility of Pitts, mike gasecki Devontae parker i think that really gives you know Tua a great shot and this kind of comes back to the conversation we were having with cincinnati and o-line you know protection versus uh, receiving talent and i think miami does have a better offensive line than cincinnati but it's not by much but i think if you really want to see what you have into a you need to surround him with the most elite receiving talent that you can. And I think that Kyle Pitts gives this team a true alpha difference maker um, from day one. And I think the thought of him and Gasecki and what they can do in terms of 12 personnel and just trying to defend that, um, and then also having, you know, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, who seems to be on a rental, potential rental type deal. Uh, I just think this gives your best shot with Tua. And I don't think if. If you wanted to take Waddle here, or you wanted to take Chase, or even wanted to take Devonta Smith, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. I just think this is the best, safest choice, is to take Pitts. And I think that they have to um, attack a playmaker. So
2: I think it's a good pick, Tommy. Thank you. I think it's a good pick. So
1: with that, the Lions are on the clock, baby. I'm in control of the Lions uh, for the first time uh, in this what would I do mock series? I have a player who I'm very comfortable taking here at seven, uh, but I'll put a for sale sign on this pick, although I don't know if I'm going to have many takers as to how the last uh, auction went. Crickets. Crickets. (laughs) All right, well, we're going to stand in here uh, and take Rayshon Slater, the uh, tackle from Northwestern. Um, To me, this is just... A great way to start off the Holmes-Campbell uh, era. Obviously, I'm disappointed that Justin Fields or Trey Lance did not fall to me at 7. However, I kind of figured that would be the situation coming into this mock. Uh, hopefully, in the real draft, that will happen. But, the it, and this may, may surprise you guys, but the other guy I was considering with this pick would be Jalen Phillips uh, from mm. Miami. But... Given, you know, the medical kind of questions there, um, you know, that's kind of maybe swinging for the fences a little bit. And the other reason why I think Rashawn Slater uh, is the right selection here at 7 for the Lions is that I upgrade two positions uh, with one pick. So currently you have Tyrell Crosby and Matt Nelson battling it out for right tackle. They played admirably, admirably when they had to last year. Um, but you also lost Odeabushi in free agency, who was mainly playing at right guard. So while the left side of the line is pretty strong, the right side you have questions because Vitae isn't really a tackle. And so I'm able to move Vitae into the right guard spot, which upgrades that spot uh, over a guy maybe like forcing Stenberg to play there. And then I upgrade the right tackle position over Tyro Crosby and Matt, Matt Nelson, which they can be fine depth swing tackles if injuries happen, which they do along the offensive line frequently in the NFL. So I feel very uh, comfortable with my starting five offensive line. I think it would be one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, honestly. Um, And it opens up room in the run game for DeAndre Swift. Uh, That's one of the, I think, the things that I like about Slater the most is his ability to get to the second level uh, blocking in the run game and you know, a little more time for golf. Obviously, I know with some of the receivers on the board, I would have considered Chase for sure. Um, he's my number one wide receiver, you know, 20-year-old kid coming in. But uh, for the moment, I just thought addressing that need on the offensive line was potentially more important than a receiver. I wasn't going to draft a receiver after all of the trashing I've done to receivers uh, and their value in the NFL draft. We'll see what how the board falls to us in the second round. But for now, Rayshawn Slater, he's going to be the pick here at seven and on the clock now is Lee with the Carolina Panthers. I would like to after making the big trade for Sam Darnold.
5: I would like to say that I uh, I disagree with the pick and I think it should be a receiver. Just for the record,
2: let the record gladly, show. Let the record gladly show.
0: have
5: it on the record. I, That's what this is for. Baby. I love it. A year from now, when the Lions are taking their quarterback, well, who
1: would it? Who would it? Hey, just who would it have been?
5: I think it would have been Jamar Chase for me or uh, Waddle. Uh, I think you can make an. Ar-
1: it's it was close. Yeah, between Chase Phillips and I think
5: Klep. This will be later, very interesting, especially. I mean, who knows if the Lions actually do this or what direction they go in. You know, whenever they do secure their their future quarterback, you know, how we'll view, you know, Rashawn Slater versus uh, Jamar Chase. Like, three years from now, I think it'll be –
1: I mean, just to put a quick bow on this, I think it's kind of ridiculous how, in in most mocks, you see the receivers pushing down the offensive linemen. With my Bengals and and Lions picks here, I'm I'm making it so I I think it's right that the the, the O-line, the big boys, go first. All right, little boys on the outside, wait your turn. Q Sinatra, baby, Uh, Q Sinatra. Lee, uh, Lee, you're on the clock with the Panthers.
2: I am. This is a really interesting position considering the way the board has fallen with both tackles being selected. Um, Carolina's biggest need, I would say, is that left tackle position. Greg Little has not really been up to snuff in his first two years in the league, and Cameron Irving, they signed from Dallas, but I don't really view him as anything better than you're kind of that... OL6 guy that is is not necessarily someone you really want to start but god forbid an injury happens he can slate in and be be average at tackle definitely need to address the offensive line but just with the way the board has fallen right now in the offseason has gone acquiring Sam Darnold um, I know they have this th- that they have a need at cornerback as well you know AJ Bouye is not going to plug up that hole that they had at corner but I love what they did in the offseason defensively signing Denzel Perriman, Pier- signing Hassan Reddick Um, Obviously had a really bang-up draft last year defensively. And I think that that puts me in a position, uh, being the GM of the Carolina Panthers, to say, hey, let's look at the board and let's take the player, the best player available here and let's take the guy who's going to help our new quarterback succeed. Um, They lost Curtis Samuel, who was a fairly significant part of their offense this offseason. And their third receiver on the roster right now is David Moore from Seattle, who I don't necessarily think the world of. So I'm going to go ahead and take my number one receiver, and that's Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Um, I believe that he can elevate this offense to have kind of a three-headed monster on the outside while also using Christian McCaffrey and what he can do in the running game. Um, I believe he's the best receiver in the draft. This has been kind of a theme through the first eight picks. I'm doing it my way. Um, I know there are other really good receivers on the board, but this is just kind of the way I see things. And I believe Devonta Smith can be an absolute superstar if put in the right position um, and open up a lot of things for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, the other two receivers they already have in this offense and just kind of let Joe Brady get to work uh, scheming up offensive game plans. So Devonta Smith is a pick here at eight for me.
1: Like that pick Lee uh, Denver. You're right back at right it. Back
2: at it. And I will go ahead and formally put this pick up for auction in case anybody is feeling any type of way about the way the board has fallen well
1: um, I, I would be interested okay um, calling calling as uh, for the Eagles okay um, so just a, a, a jump from 12 to nine
5: I also potentially could be interested
1: um, with the let me let me take a look at, at what I have with Philly
2: yep this is a spot as the Broncos where what are you looking for Lee What am I looking for? I mean, I don't want to move back too far, but I'm kind of in a position right now where obviously the consensus would say, hey, and I'm part of that consensus, I guess, where it's like, I don't think the world of Drew Locke. I do believe they need to address the quarterback position. But in my personal quarterback rankings, I have Mac Jones as a late first, early second prospect. And I'm not going to take that leap of faith right now to draft him in the top 10 just because I don't necessarily think that that's where the value lies in this position. I would rather kind of assess where I'm at in the second round, um, uh, you know, based on how I view this quarterback class. Um, so when Klepp said Eagles, I mean, there there are some good uh, players, you know.
1: I'm, I'm Lee. I'm willing to I'm willing to throw you my my third this year.
2: Your third this year and and twelve.
1: Yep. It's it yep. It, it's 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 the seventieth overall pick. So right at the top of the third round there. And you only got to come back to 12.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. That's a right. trade I'm willing to take.
1: Trade has been completed. So this is 9 for 12, a swap in the first round. Uh, and then I'm throwing you the 70th overall pick in the draft. Well, I'm taking Jamar Chase with this selection. Um, I think in terms of Hurts, you need to do everything you can um, to at least see for this next year what he can do. Right, um, and then go into next season. Hopefully, you got those three first-round picks, barring Wentz um, playing over seventy percent of the snaps, and you can make a decision using one of those picks to get another uh, quarterback. Maybe packaging him up. Maybe you play so poorly next year, which their roster might dictate. Um, I also really I like Jamar Chase much more than I like Jalen Waddle. So the difference there, I wasn't really gonna take Waddle if he was there at twelve. Um, and I was concerned that the Giants would be interested in Jamar Chase uh, there at 11. So that's kind of for me, just throwing the third, the, the third round pick and having all that extra capital from the Wentz trade, from the trade with the Dolphins, uh, I felt comfortable making that decision uh, for Jamar Chase, who, who is my number one wide receiver.
5: Yeah, Club, I think it's a great move for the Eagles. Um, not mis- much disagreement there. I will say uh, I do want to talk about the Broncos trade. I you're probably gonna be able to get Mac Jones at twelve Lee if if, if you're gonna do that which I would hope you would um, I just would never be able to take that risk just because I think Mac Jones is the most pro I would rather have him than Davis Mills or Kellen Mond um, going into twenty twenty one and if Mac Jones you know I I just think I've said it multiple times I think we all think it uh, maybe me to a little bit more of extent I just think Denver really is a quarterback away from being a real contender uh, in the NFL and, and even more so the AFC. So I just wouldn't want to risk losing that opportunity. Um, Connor, you're up
1: here with the Cowboys. Uh, your first pick since the first overall selection. What direction are you going to take the, the star in? You had him last year too, so we're, we're building.
4: Yes, yes, I know. These are some of my more unpopular picks last year. They did not pan out as of right now anyway. It's still a little Caleb
5: early. Caleb on and Cole commit.
4: Hey, yeah. Never forget. been Never not forget. that bad. But, yeah, and they still need a tight end this year. Yeah, but, uh, what club could you repeat what you gave up for that trade real quick? I gave
1: up uh, the 70th overall pick just to move them from 12 just to 9.
4: To move up. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about possibly trading with myself here before you took Jamar Chase with the Packers and making a move up. But I think for the Cowboys, I'm happy being here. I think we get the player that I kind of envisioned anyway. I'm surprised Chase slipped to this point. I probably would have pulled the trigger on him even with the Cowboys just because of how late he fell. Oh, Connor. But I'm going to take Patrick it. Sertan here. I think that's what this team needs. He's an elite corner. And to get him at 10, I think it's a just a nice spot for the Cowboys. Obviously, Pitts is long gone at this point. And I don't really feel like reaching for Frymouth or like Brevin Jordan at this point at 10 in the draft right now. So Sertan's the pick.
1: Very nice. Love it. Um, Love, it definitely, Love it, Connor. Definitely kind of what even, you know, the people in the media are saying, too, uh, for the Cowboys there between Sertan and Horn. pair up the Alabama boys, Tre- uh, Trevon Diggs and Patrick Sertan, they're in Dallas. The Giants are on the clock. That means Lee is back. Um. Where, where are we heading with this selection Lee I'm interested to hear yeah
2: it's it's an interesting spot um, the Giants have made some interesting moves this offseason they signed Addery Jackson for a fairly expensive price um, not in love with Addery Jackson as a player necessarily I think he's all right don't know how much I trust him to come in and be a, a consistent solid corner for the for the uh, for the Giants Um also built their defense a little bit with Ifedio, Denigbo, and Ryan Anderson, um, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson, which I think is a fairly big deal, and uh, we're going to see how that affects their defense this year. But also, I got to I got to mention the Kenny Galladay signing as well on offense, and getting Saquon Barkley back should give their offense a boost. So the way this roster is kind of shaping up, I, I think that they can compete. It really just comes down to Daniel Jones. Um, I really do think that this is a pick. I don't want to be too like that, but this is really a pick I would consider trading at this point. Um, and if you guys would allow it, I mean, there's one of my own teams that I would trade up with for this pick, and that and that's the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm interested in moving up for it. I don't know if you want to do it. Though. I also,
5: I also could be interested in moving up for it.
4: Okay. Um, with Miami,
5: uh, well, Miami, Lee,
1: you get the first right of refusal here. I mean, we we have to approve it, but if you want to, yeah. Well, my orchestrate I'd, here.
2: My idea was that the Tennessee Titans. I was going to get aggressive with the Titans and trade my number twenty-two pick this year and a first-round pick next year for the eleventh pick and a third-round pick next year.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think I would do that if um, I was the Giants.
4: Yeah, that's fair, and that's probably better than what I was gonna offer, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm not
5: gonna hold. I, I'm not gonna hold it up. Um, I don't think you could get a third round pick. I don't think. All know, right, I'll
2: just do a first. The first with Tennessee then for eleven. So I'll just yeah, get. Just do the I'll first. get aggressive here with the Titans. I'm gonna go ahead and give my first round pick up next year to the Giants. We're not in the business of hanging around. What bit. was
1: What was the deal? What What was the deal for? Uh, Bush, Devin Bush. This is
5: It was a second. It was a second. They got a pick. first too, right? Um, I don't think so. I think they traded back from ten to twenty, and they got the forty-second pick as well. Because the Broncos drafted Lock and um, Risner, I believe, back to back.
2: So I mean, I don't, I don't know how we, you, do you guys want to make this like a second, or I'm, I'm fine with getting aggressive with Tennessee here. Um,
1: yeah, this, the Steelers acquired the 10th pick from the Broncos in exchange for a 2019-1 and second-round pick and a 2020-3rd. And the mm. the Broncos went back down to 20. So I think, Lee, I think your original offer was good.
2: The – what What are you, the one?
1: With the third pick. With the third
2: – The third with, pick. With, oh,
1: you, you were saying that the – um, I would just say with the first, the future first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think I've the done future that. First, Tennessee's it? trading up. Like I was saying, uh, is, we're not in the business of uh, you know hanging around in the division. We want to win the division. We want to make a Super Bowl run. I don't think the Tennessee Titans window is getting any more open. I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep that second round pick in my back pocket. I don't want to trade that. I'm going to trade a future pick here because I want to get aggressive and I want to go get a playmaker to replace the gaping hole on the vertical offense that. Jonu Smith and Corey Davis are leaving um, behind with their departures. Not necessarily in love with Jalen Waddell as a top 10 fringe prospect, but I do think that he's worth the pick here, and that's who I'm going to take just based off the fact that this Tennessee Titans team, outside of A.J. Brown, you know their second-best pass catcher is arguably their Anthony Ferkser or Josh Reynolds, and that quite simply just cannot be the case if you are in any business of trying to make the playoffs or make any type of impact in the playoffs. I believe this team has a strong culture. I think they're well-coached. I know Arthur Smith left. He was kind of their offensive guru. But I still think that the keys are there for them to compete in this division. They always, since I've been watching football for the most part the past five, seven years, they've been hanging around in that playoff conversation year in and year out. Um, And I do think that they really need, they desperately need some weapons on offense to kind of get them, you know, back to where they were last year with those departures, like I mentioned. So I got aggressive here. I'm going to go up and get Jalen Waddle, the receiver out of Alabama, to pair with A.J. Brown and give Tannehill another toy in the in, in that passing game to play with because he really only has one at this point, the way I see it. And from the Giants' perspective, I just yeah, Lee, was I not think- really in love with taking Waddle at 11 um, just because I don't really think it's that much of a need, and I think that them moving back might be in their best interest this year, just based on the way their roster shakes out and the value of this draft lines up.
5: Yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, I don't want to trash the trade too bad because I think you're getting a really, I think you're getting a really special elite talent, in Jalen Waddle. But we've talked about it before. I just think Tennessee, man, they've got a lot of needs, and kept that second uh, round I'm pick though, baby. Second round pick. I mean, I, Lee, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't want to push your – I don't want to put your feet to the fire a little bit, but why not just try and trade him for a guy like Rashad Bateman or pick Rondale Moore at Because uh, I 22. believe Jalen
2: Waddell is in that class above those players. There's a reason why there's a big three receivers this year. I don't think it's any secret who the big three receivers are, and I believe that those three guys are in that position because there's really not nearly as many concerns surrounding them as there are surrounding players like Rashad Bateman and Rondale Moore. Um, so that's why I don't want to leave anything up to question. I don't want to. I love Rondale Moore, you know I do, but the injury concerns, I guess you could say the same thing about Waddle, but. And just the size and, and, and can he play outside? All those questions with Waddle, I have answers to. Um, and I think that this is a guy who. You know He could end up being the most dynamic receiver in this class. I think that's possible, even with how much I like the other guys. So I think that you need that compliment in order for A.J. Brown to reach his potential, in order for Derrick Henry to reach his potential, and ultimately in order for Ryan Ryan Tannehill to reach his potential. And I grant you that there are some holes on defense that are worth addressing. But I think signing Bud Dupree, I obviously like that more than you. And Janoris Jenkins, not the corner he once was. But with him and Christian Fulton, I'm comfortable enough to say, hey, we're going to give up a first round. This is all about getting aggressive. We're giving up a first-round pick next year because, guess what? We're going to be picking 20 to 32, and hopefully we're going to be picking at 32 because we're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. That's the mentality and should be the mentality Mm. in Tennessee. Derrick Henry's not getting any younger. Taylor LeJuan's not getting any younger. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you name it. So this is why I got aggressive and made this move.
1: Lee, you're back here at 12 with the Broncos. Uh, what's the pick here?
2: I'm going to go ahead and draft Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. I'm going to pair him with Josie Jewell, uh, who has been an s- absolute stud at linebacker for Denver. Um, not very comfortable with Alexander Johnson being the starting linebacker this year. I think bringing in Micah Parsons would ultimately, quite frankly, complete this defense and make it a top three, top five unit in the league. I love this secondary. I love Josie Jewell. I love Micah Parsons. He's a top ten player on my big board obviously you still got a, a couple good years out of von Miller Bradley Chubb is a rising star some good pieces up front I just think this defense is gonna wreak havoc um, you've got, already got some great receivers and like I said about quarterback I'm really not like I'm not in love with Mac Jones I've never thought from the minute the season ended I thought hey mac Jones could be like hey he could be maybe like the 25th pick 23rd pick I, I'm not he's not a top 10 talent in my opinion I don't think he's the type of guy who you're gonna draft and he's gonna come in and be an immediate huge upgrade over drew lock like i think there's other quarterbacks in this class that can you know compete on that level that mac jones can compete at and i'm not going to draft him 12th overall just because you know that's kind of what the media would would sway me into into doing
1: good uh yeah i think
2: yeah i think it's interesting i mean and, and oh, i think good.
1: it's it's i mean and not to mention you picked up the 70th overall pick i did might have gotten the same player who you know you were going to draft at that point um, too. So um, the Chargers are on the clock. It's it's me picking, and I'm in an interesting spot here uh, with the Chargers. They made a lot of moves along the O line, uh, and I've got two guys on my board that are very close to each other. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see how the cards fall. Um, there there's some nice tackle depth in this class, and I'm gonna go ahead and take JC Horn here and get a nice Ooh. little uh, piece for for Brandon Staley here at 13 uh, for the Chargers. Um, you know, they have a hole at, at, at the corner position. Um, they've got some guys who are a little underrated. Hopefully, Derwin James uh, can play an injury-free season this year, too. But they need to, to, to get some young energy with J.C. Horn into the building. Um, you know, I don't think he'll become a Jalen Ramsey type, but I think it just gives a... Um, you know, I think he will end up being a number one corner in the league. Got great bloodlines, got the attitude for it as well. And, hey, man, in the division with Patrick Mahomes, you can't get enough of, of these guys who, who can cover receivers. So uh, I'm going to take J.C. Horn with the pick. Um, you know, not, not to give too much... Well, I'll, I'll just kind of give it away with this. Um, or I'm just not to give it away with this pick for, for Connor. Excuse me. But uh, I was thinking about Derrissaw there as well. Um, but I think just... Considering who I think will be available at the corner spot in the second round uh, compared to tackles, uh, I'm going with J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn, uh, there at at the 13th overall pick. And Connor, you're on the clock with the Vikings. No second round pick, so uh, unless you kind of do some gymnastics, might be their only pick uh, in this mock. What are you thinking here at 14?
4: Yeah, you kind of teed it up for me. It's gonna be Darasa right here. I think these. Would you? Are you interested in a trade at all, Connor? I'll hear it. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, I'll hear it.
5: Uh, the Washington Football Team would like to offer you nineteen. Uh huh. And seventy-four this year. Four fourteen. Yeah, this year.
4: Hmm. <laughs> well. No, because I know what you're gonna do with it. So no, I'm not. No, you can't do that, man. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. You can't do that because you're because you want to. Well, take now that I got to it, Yeah, now I'm
4: gonna. Well, now that I know that's the case, I'm gonna. Tr- I could trade with myself then. Then I got to give myself a better offer at the past if I want to go bidding war. Ah, uh, well, sweeten the deal then, because I would take. I'd probably fucking Whoa. Second round Whoa. yeah because what if i want to only move back one spot i can move back one spot with new england belichick's calling me and i can only move back a spot and then it's not so bad you you can move back a spot for like a fifth round pick but i feel I like you would rather have if you're if you're
5: taking a left tackle i think you'd rather have the 74th overall. why would i rather be you... behind
4: two teams the raiders and the dolphins could easily both be going tackle here then i'm oh, getting then, the third I mean, best take... tackle on the board when
5: I mean, take take Darius off, you want? I mean, I just think uh, I'm giving you a good offer. I don't. You're, to, I'm gonna
4: be right behind two teams that are gonna take tackles most likely.
5: Okay, then then. I mean, am know, I
4: wrong? Am I wrong for saying? I, that? I think
5: I think you're I think you're trying to pre- prevent me from taking. No, no, so I think you're salty. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, yeah. Obviously, New England's gonna be wise to what's happening with Washington, and it's only a pick back. I mean. I'd rather only move a pick back. Give all right, boys, let's figure it out. You're on the clock here, Connor. Clock's ticking. The we'll Vikings might miss their
1: pick again. All
4: right. She's, all right. Well, then, shit. To keep Tommy from crying, I'm going to trade with myself in New England and give myself... I'm only going to give him a six. I'm going to give him a six to move up one spot. And all
1: right. I'll, I'll sanction that trade. Unless
4: there's a huge veto there.
1: No, I'll sanction that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a six-round
1: pick. All right, the Patriots are trading with the Vikings. They're tossing them... Uh, is it 177? Yes. The 177th overall pick to move up one yep. spot. So the Patriots
4: on the clock now. And the Patriots still- are on the clock. Yeah, we're taking Mac. Right All right. right.
1: And the Patriots are taking Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. little insider trading there, there,
4: but it's okay. Yeah. No, well, yeah, I don't, you know... It's realistic. It is I mean, realistic. That easily could happen yep. on draft night. So you know, it's and it's what would we do? I would, that's what I would do if I were New England and Minnesota. I don't want to take the third best tackle when I can get Darasa here. So now I just got a six round pick out of it, and I'm getting the guy I wanted there. So thank you, Tommy, for that. And it'll be Darasa for the Vikings.
1: Cool. So a little quick quick analysis on those two picks. Mac Jones goes uh, yeah. to New England. What do you think of that, Lee?
2: I think it's a good pick. I mean, I think Mac Jones is a good player. Like I said, I wouldn't take him at 12 with Denver. Um, New England's in a little bit of a different situation. Um, And I think they can kind of groom him into that position. Uh, You know, and New England also picking a little bit towards the middle of the second round as opposed to the early second round, which might be I think that there might be a difference in kind of how the board falls with what they're going to get. So I understand the move. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think Mac Jones would be in good hands in New England, and I think that they would be – that would kind of be their their presumed quarterback of the future. Uh, So don't have any hate on that pick. And
1: then Thereseau goes 15 to the Vikings. Connor, you're back on the clock again with the Cardinals at 16.
2: Yeah, so I'd I'd like to make a trade.
5: I'd like to offer a trade.
4: All right, let's hear it. I'm not super keen on trading this, but I'll hear it.
5: Well, you have no picks. You have sixteen forty nine and then one sixty. You have five, that's you have a big gap. We don't need anything. We've been huge you,
4: players in free agency in Arizona.
5: With the Cleveland Browns, I'm willing to give you the twenty six picks, so you move down ten spots and I'll give you ninety one, which is a third round
4: pick. No. Nope. We're gonna decline that and we are going to take Caleb Farley right here. Wow. Whoa. Yep. I like his size a lot.
1: Not not concerned about the back. Nope.
4: Dr. Ryan. We're not concerned. I wasn't concerned with
2: Jalen Smith either when everybody was concerned. Neither were the Cowboys. There goes Lee
1: taking a lick. Absolutely.
2: I (laughs) I already won my Pitts bet, though, so I'm in the four quarterbacks. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good on that line. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Tommy, you're up here with Vegas. Um, Obviously, a lot of moves along the offensive line during the offseason. Are we replenishing that? What are we looking to do?
5: Yeah, this is a really uh, interesting spot. There's a lot of ways um, that I can go. Offensive line probably is the most glaring need. I also am interested in an edge rusher. Could go with another corner. I think. Uh, I mean, this team has a lot of needs. Um. But you know what? This is a pick that I've made a lot of multiple times before, uh, and the Las Vegas Raiders will be taking Jeremiah wuso Cormora. Koromoa, is that how you say it right?
4: Conor? Yes, woo baby, woo, J-O-K.
5: J-O-K, um, he's my LB1. I think him and Parsons are a little bit different. I mean, they're, I think Parsons is a little bit more of kind of your 3-4 outside linebacker. I would want, like to use him a little bit more of a uh, pass rushing role, but with Uso Komora, I think he has so much per, uh, positional versatility. Uh, this team needs help in the coverage game um and i think i mean obviously their offensive line got gutted but i just think taking a guy like tevin jenkins here which is very tempting to me getting a high floor right tackle who i think really kind of fits that raiders identity uh, i just think there's a lot more potential with jok um i think he's going to be an instant impact player from day one uh, the fact that Um, he's 215
2: worry you at all in terms of his ability to play linebacker in the league not at all
5: not at all I think that's Darius Leonard plays at 215. I think it's more about the mentality and also I think with Kwiatkowski and Littleton you can play them with them but they don't really have they can't really afford to like not play those players. so I would use Ouso Koromoa as kind of like he'd be my Kelsey guy. I'd throw him on Kelsey. I think you can just he
3: Club uh, and Leonard I talked about him a
5: little bit and I talked about him yeah but he plays at 215. Learned that on a podcast Mm -hmm. in a couple uh, couple weeks that the Colts like them like. I mean, it's the future of the NFL. Like, we're seeing these safeties. It's all about versatility. It's all about speed at the second level. Um, I just think this is a a guy that fits kind of the Mayock Gruden, um, you know, mode. I think this is what you go for in the first round. You go for high upside. Um, And I, I thought about a corner here a little bit too, my guy, but. I think you've invested a lot of capital in corner, and just getting a true defensive chess piece different maker like JOK uh, is too much for me to. Pass Tommy, up you're now, back so with uh, the Dolphins here at
1: 18. After after selecting yeah, Pitts a, at six, uh, who are you pairing them with in the second round now, or the second pick in the first round? This is
5: the second pick. Yeah, this is um this is a really interesting spot. Um, there's a lot of players that uh, I could be interested in here. Um mm. you know what? Again, we're gonna try and hit a, a home run here. We're gonna believe in the depth of the offensive line class, and we're gonna take Jalen mm. Phillips here. Um at edge. Uh I think there are some concerns, I guess, with his concussions and you know, his health overall, but much like Connor did with Caleb Farley. I think you're you kind of can have a free ball here with getting Kyle Pitts, and I think you're going for a high ceiling and I think a high floor player too if he's healthy. I think Jalen Phillips probably is the best pass rusher from day one in this class. Needs they all need refinement, but I think from day one, I think if he went on when he's healthy and on the field is just a true difference maker. Miami is kind of lacking that across their defensive line. Uh, it's a really good defense, and I just like his potential with Brian Flores. I think we're going to try and aim for the fences here. And try to address some of our more tertiary needs uh, later on in the draft. So Jalen Phillips is the pick for the Miami Dolphins.
3: Oh shit!
1: And my bad. <laughs> um, uh, and you're you're back up with Washington ba- too.
5: Yeah, I'm back up with Washington. Another really interesting spot. Uh, team with. I know I tried to get into the Mac Jones conversation, but since I'm not, I'm not going to reach for a guy like Helen Mond right here. Um, I'm going to you know, trust Fitz and uh, Taylor Heineke. We're going to go in like that. We're going to try and win this division, which I think they can do currently. They've had a really nice offseason. Um, this is very riveting television or podcasting entertainment. You know what? We're going to take uh, Rashad Bateman here. This is something that we've talked about before on podcasts. Um, I think Rashad Bateman is close to that big three um, of the two Alabama guys and, and Jamar Chase. And I think we're just going to continue to try and push us into a win-now mode. Um, there's a need at linebacker. I thought about taking a corner here. But I think having a wide receiver trio um, of Curtis Samuel, Tara McLaurin, and Rashad Bateman I think is is really awesome for the future of this franchise for who you're going to be taking potentially next year to replace Fitzpatrick. Um, I just think trying to make this offense more explosive than it already was last year with a defense that you know is going to be very good, especially with the pieces they added in free agency. Um, I, I really like this fit for Washington. So Rashad Bateman's the pick at 19. All right, well, that
1: brings up me with the Bears uh, sitting at 20. Uh, Bears could go in a, a bunch of different directions. No No quarterbacks I'm looking at here. Um, this is just a team though that does not have a, a lot of guys uh, who, who show some promise. I, I think I would have taken Jalen Phillips. Uh, were he here on the board, that just would have been too much for me uh, with where my my big board is. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna make a make an interesting move here. All right, we're gonna get uh, Alex Leatherwood at, at tackle,
3: mm.
1: bring him into the building, uh, Bama Bama starter for three years. Uh, we're good on the interior. In Chicago, but with Jermaine Defit and Charles Leno, uh, we need some reinforcements on the outside. Uh, considered Eichenberg here, but just kind of wanted to go with, with Alabama and, and, and Leatherwood and the athleticism that he has uh, at, at pick twenty. Uh, the, the The Bears desperately need offensive line help. It's not necessarily a, a flashy pick. You could go in many different directions. You know, definitely also considered Greg Newsom, um, but. Gotta gotta bring in reinforcements to the offensive line because it's it's been a problem there for a couple years now.
2: I like it, Clap. That leaves me on the board here with uh, yep. the Annapolis Colts. Um, definitely an interesting board I, here, the way things have fallen. Uh Are you interested
5: in a no, trade? No, I at think all? I'm
2: gonna make a pick here. I kinda like what I, I'm seeing here board wise. Um Boy, the Colts really just kind of have an amalgamation of like weird players on their defense. Um, I don't really know. I like their linebackers a lot. Um, I don't love the depth at linebacker, but obviously you have Darius Leonard and then Zaire Franklin and Bobby Okurike have been solid for them. And then obviously they made that move for DeForest Buckner. And they got Grover Stewart inside. Those are guys who are decent. Obviously DeForest Buckner is probably one of the best players in the defense. Um, and then I'm just not loving what I've seen draft-wise out of the Colts the past couple years defensively, outside of Julian Blackman. When it comes to the early round picks, Rocky Sin has been alright, I guess. Um, ben Banagoo not necessarily up to snuff. Komoko Terray. Just a lot of guys leaving a lot of stuff, you know, left to be had out there. And I really I know they need a left tackle. Um but I still think with the they they signed Sam Te- Tevy, they have Julian Davenport those guys are definitely similar to the Cameron Irving conversation I had earlier where they're kind of OT six guys uh, you don't really want to rely on them to be starters for your team so there's kind of a lot of different directions I can go here with the way the board has fallen but I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna make a leap of faith here a little bit and I'm gonna draft Quitty Pay out of Michigan to come in and play off the edge because I don't like what I've seen out of the Colts uh, ends the past couple years. Taekwon Lewis and Isaac Rochelle, not necessarily guys I want to be relying on. Um, I think this team needs to push the pocket a little bit more, and I think that there needs to be someone other than DeForest Buckner doing that. And I do believe, similar to kind of what Tommy said, We're drafting for potential here, and I think Pay could end up being one of the better defensive players in the league if he's coached well enough and could end up being the pick that is a home run for Ballard and the Colts. And that, I think, is a good enough reason for me to ignore the fact that there are some really promising tackles on the board here and kind of recalculate and say, you know what, we're going to go defense here. We're going to trust the other five guys on our offensive line to help a guy like Sam Tevy. Um... You know, get comfortable, and and, and we're going to rely on a guy like Paris Campbell to to to, to get healthy this year. We're going to ignore a receiver in the first round, um, and we're going to let Carson Wentz work with the offense we have, and we're gonna we're gonna get a playmaker on defense here. So I'm going to go Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, the 21st pick.
1: And you're back up with the Giants.
2: Back up with the Giants, and if I'm Dave Gettleman, the board has fallen exactly how I wanted it to. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh Dalvin Tomlinson has departed from the team. You've now have Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton slated in at nose tackle and I'm going to draft one of my favorite guys in the draft and that's Christian Barmore to come in and replace Dalvin Tomlinson and bring that edge that this defense needs. I really do think that they've got some good pieces on this defense and this is a guy who can you can slate right in and he's going to make a really big impact and play a lot of the snaps for you immediately. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I like the way the board fell there for the for the Giants, and I like Barmore.
5: I like it, Lee. Uh, I'm back on the board with the Jets at 23. Um, anyone interested in trade? I might be. Any takers? Yeah, you might be a clip
1: with Cincinnati. Oh wow, with Cincy. We're down at 38. Um you're at 23 um, I don't know if that's too far for you to go but
5: it's gonna have to take it's gonna have to be a special offer I would say
1: a special offer I got I mean I got a, I got a third round pick I can give you at 69 overall right at the top of the third round
5: you're saying just 38 and 69 for 23. Um, hmm. I think I think we're gonna have to decline that, unfortunately, Adam. Move along. Let's move along. Um, Nice spot for the Jets. Uh, We've got kind of the pick of the litter at offensive line, which I think is kind of surprising to see a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker and Tevin Jenkins on the board. Um, I could go with the receiver. Uh, you know, this is you've, you've drafted Zach Wilson now. How are we going to help him out? And I, I really kind of do lean that way. But that being said, um, I'm going to take my corner number two with Farley being hurt, and that's Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. You have Bryce Hall from uh, Virginia, who I, I like last year. He's your number one corner. Um, and then you have blessed Sean Austin, or whatever his name is. Um, this, this team, you know, has a lot of needs. Uh, I think you can kind of go a a multitude of places, but Asante Samuel, I just really love Asante Samuel. I think he's a high floor player and I think he has a really high ceiling, has a perfect combination of fluidity and instincts. And just from day one, I think is going to be the best corner on this team and has versatility. And I really like what I've done with the Jets so far, getting Asante Samuel Jr. and Zach Wilson.
1: Connor, or is it Lee? Yep. Lee's up with the Steelers.
2: Yep, this one's no shock to our back judge nation. Um, I'm going to draft Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. Um, Not much to say here that I haven't said before. I mean, I think you're going to draft him, and he's probably going to be the best player on your offense immediately, so um, I think it's a really good pick. I think that the O-line concerns for Pittsburgh are blown out of proportion. I understand that it's a Position that needs to be addressed, but Zach Banner has been a solid tackle when healthy. Chumqua Okafor was a solid draft pick. I think they got him in the third round um, at left tackle. They signed BJ Finney. They signed Joe Haig. They have some rotational guys. Like I said, it's still a position that needs to be addressed, but I don't think you're dealing with an offensive line situation of the likes of, you know, a Cincinnati or a Carolina or something like that. I really do think that. This is a team that is maybe one offensive lineman away from from uh, from competing um, at the same level they were last year. So for me, with this team, it comes down to the fact that they haven't really had an explosive running back since Le'Veon Bell, and their inability to run the football last year, I think, cost them down the stretch. Once teams started to realize that they couldn't do that, um, their offense became extremely one dimensional, and they were... Relying on guys like Benny Snell and James Connor and sometimes Anthony McFarland, who simply just couldn't get the job done um, in terms of just being a starting running back in the NFL that can be relied on consistently. And I don't think you're going to have to worry about that with Najee Harris. So that's why I think he's worth the pick here at 24. Um, and like I said, you very you're very well maybe getting your best offensive player, you know, from day one. So
1: Connor, you're here with the Jags at 25. Um. After taking Trevor Lawrence first overall, I'll throw out the same offer I gave Tommy with, with the Bengals if you're looking to collect an extra third.
4: Yeah. No, I like where I'm at. and I like who I'm getting here. It's been kind of a slide so far. Club's big respect to the big boys in the beginning, but then it's kind of gone away. I'm going to take uh, Tevin Jenkins right here. Mm. I really like his size, okay. 320. Everybody knows I love him. my big boys really big, and I think he's going to be a great piece to perfect to protect Trevor Lawrence.
1: Cleveland at 26. That's Tommy. Yep. Tommy, I'll make you uh, the same offer. <laughs> it still stands.
5: We don't go in our division. I we're know, not, that's we're not helping out yeah, Cincinnati. No, we're we're going for the we're going for the uh, the division title this year. Um a lot of ways I could go here, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for Klepp and I who've been pounding on the table for this pick, and that's Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, going to Cleveland. Um, oh, geez, I accidentally picked Gregory Rousseau on the model. Well, that's why uh, you got to use mine. I thought that was gonna be a perfect end result. Yeah, that's why we got the share screen, <laughs> yeah, ex- baby. Exactly. Well, Zaven Collins is the pick. Great pick. I just pick. Weighed in at 270 and moves the way he does. I mean, I just instant impact, has versatility. You can even do some edge rushing if you want. I just I really like David Collins and he's firmly planted as my LB3 and it's a position in need for the Browns who arguably have had the best offseason in the NFL and arguably might be the smartest franchise in the NFL too. So, uh, Lee, it.
1: you have the Baltimore Ravens and this broke after we drafted the teams, but the Ravens and Chiefs made a bit of a swap. Uh, this is still the Ravens' original pick. Their 31st overall pick was the Chiefs' pick in exchange for Orlando Brown. But here at 27, Lee, uh, what are you looking at?
2: Um, I'm looking to replace the hole um, you know that, that Matt Judon left on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I like the secondary here in Baltimore. I think they've got a good secondary. I think they've got some solid linebackers with our boy Malik Harrison and uh, – Obviously Patrick Queen, the, the phenomenal rookie from last year. They're getting a little long in the tooth up front um, with Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, Pernell McPhee even. Uh, but I'm just not really tempted to take an inside guy or even an edge guy at this point just because the way the board has fallen, I, I, I don't think that the value is necessarily there. And like Klepp said, I'm, I'm picking again at 31 and, guys, I'm going to do it at the risk of being a little redundant here. <laughs> I'm going to draft Rondale Moore, the wide receiver out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. I know that Marquise, Lee, or Marquise Brown is small. I know that Devin DuVernay is kind of small. Um, but this team just desperately needs a receiver that they can rely on. I don't think Lamar Jackson has the prototypical pass ability to, you know – to, to feel comfortable bringing in a number one receiver that you can rely on to, to, to get open consistently because I don't necessarily think Lamar Jackson is going to be putting the ball there every single time. And I just think that you kind of have to fall into what your offensive identity is, and that's big uglies up front running the football and yak. And, and that's going to come from Rondale Moore and Marquise Brown, two extremely explosive guys after the catch in different ways. Um, and the fact that Rondale Moore has fallen this far for me i'm i'm big 10 bias i guess but this is a guy who is a no-brainer first round pick in my opinion i was considering him with the colts i was considering him with the giants this is a guy who i think is going to come in and prove a lot of people wrong um the injury history is sure is a concern but this is football so that's always going to be there and i think this is a guy you can plug in and from day one very well may be the best receiver on your team you can't rely on sammy Watkins that much you can keep Hollywood Brown as the deep threat and let Rondale do the work underneath and Mark Andrews kind of be your vertical guy. Um, so I'm I'm gonna fall into that identity and pick Rondale Moore here. Love the pick, Lee. Appreciate that.
5: Attack the middle of the field. That's where that's where Lamar's strengths are. And I was gonna I was gonna advise you that that this would be a nice Trayvon Moore spot. But I'm really happy you took Rondale Moore because I was planning on that, taking him. That's why next I took him too. Orleans. I was saying
2: Packers and Saints. Like he, those are two prime candidates for him to go.
5: Yeah. Yep, really heady. Um, How are you up with the
1: Saints now? Yeah.
5: And we're going to, I'm up with the Saints here at 28, and we're a little bummed we missed out on Rondell Moore, but we got my other Moore, Elijah Moore, my boy Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Um, really fun watch, really creative. The pick us in. Uh, okay. Pick us in, Elijah Moore, uh, wide receiver from Ole Miss. I think this is the Saints' biggest need as a wide receiver to pair with Michael Thomas. Right now, you got Traquan Smith. And uh, who do we got? Yeah, not Traquan Smith. You got Adam Troutman at tight end. I just think you need to get... I mean, Jameis Winston, you've got, you kind of have to build around him like you would a young quarterback. Um, I, and getting a guy like Elijah Moore, who is as versatile, versatile as he is in the hands of Sean Payton, I think this is definitely where the Saints have to go, whether it's Rondale or Elijah or even a guy like Kadarius Toney. I just think getting a difference maker, playmaker, Rondale uh, I mean, Elijah Moore... Reminded me a lot of Jamison Crowder. Uh, I think he's even a little bit more explosive and shifty of an athlete. I just think this is a really high floor player who I think has a really high ceiling as well, too. And I just think he's going to step in from day one, be your slot, be a productive guy who can go for 1,000 yards as a rookie uh, in this system. So love me some Elijah Moore.
1: The Packers are on the clock with Connor.
4: Yeah, well, man, I'm pissed at Kansas City for making that trade. A lot of... Kansas City scouting gone down the drain, but uh, um, yeah, I really thought Tommy's gonna take his boy Kadarius Tony right here, so we're gonna snatch him right here for Rogers to give us something pretty to play with. None it's of none of my it's guys either. None point. of my
1: guys either. So I'm fine with it.
4: Yeah, I was really between here and Terrace Marshall were really the two that I was thinking of here.
1: Um, I'm on the board here with yeah. the. Great I'm pick, on the Connor. board here. Let
5: the record show. I think that's a great
1: pick. <laughs> I'm on the board here with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I am surprised by who is still here, um, but I think taking Greg Newsom uh, is is the smart decision. Um, with Tre'Davious White on one side, we add Greg Newsom to the other. Good little corner tandem to add to to the defense in Buffalo. Thought about drafting uh, my guy Deami Brown, but with the rise of Gabe Davis, uh, I'm, I'm more prone to go to this defensive side, uh, and I'll take Greg Newsom.
4: Like
5: a Lee, are you interested in a trade at all? Uh, what's the offer? The Jets would like to come up from 34, um, and we will give you 186. What round is that? Like the sixth round or something. Well, I yeah. will
1: uh, counter that.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I'm I'm with the Bengals at 38, um, and you're we're, we're here at 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will give you my fourth round selection at the top of the fourth round, pick 111.
2: I would do that, but I promised the listeners I wouldn't make any interdivisional trades, mm. and this falls into that category. Yeah. Um. Tommy, how's about you give me 107?
5: I'll give you 107 if you give me 136.
2: I'll give you 171. Man, I'm trying to move up three spots here, man. I mean, I'm comfortable picking here. (laughs) You're the one who asked for the trade. I'm asking for a fourth and fifth swap for you to move up.
5: A fourth and fifth swap?
2: Yeah, fourth is 107, okay, so what fifth do you is 171. 30...
5: Yeah, but it's the top of the fourth versus the back of the fifth. How about I
2: give you 154? All right, we'll just call it. Sure, give me 154. 34 and, and yeah, sure. 154 for 31.
5: Sure.
1: I'm sorry. Can we can we repeat you, this here, trade? So you,
2: The Tommy moved up and got 31 for 34 and 154. Correct. All
1: yeah. right. Tommy, you're on the clock.
5: Uh, the new. Yep, the New York Jets are coming up to select Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Um, pos- positional versatility, I think you got Makai Bectum at, le- at left tackle. You can use some help at guard or even throw him out at right tackle. Um, high floor player. Uh, and furthering our help of Zach Wilson here with Elijah Bear Tucker.
1: And that brings me to round out the end of the first round with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are kind of a fun team because you can go a-, a multitude of different ways um, with them. But uh, I'm just going to take... Uh, my, my number two edge, and that's Peyton Turner. We're mm-hmm. going to come in and take him at the at the 32nd overall pick. Uh, I think Peyton Turner has a, a lot of great upside. Come on into to Tampa Bay where there's uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, there, they could use a little depth there at, at edge. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul is getting a little older. Um, can kind of groom him underneath JPP. Keep adding to that defensive line that was so ferocious uh, into the playoff run Peyton Turner edge from Houston at 32
2: Connor all right, second round begins round. here with you
4: yep cool so here I've got Lawrence and I took our tackle and we're going to go and knock off the safety we're going to take Trevin Moorig here at the top of the second round good pick, Great pick. yeah he kind of slid here a little bit
2: definitely Um, So now I'm up with the Ravens, just a few picks after the trade here. Thinking about a couple different things. Um, For me, you know what, screw it. Klepp just took his boy. I'm going to turn around and take my boy. I said this front four was getting long in the tooth. I'm not super comfortable with Pernell McPhee. He's 32 years old. I know he's a stud, but, you know. How much does he have left in the tank? I don't know. You don't necessarily have an incredible rotation of guys um, that that are going to be able to rush the passer. Jalen Ferguson, you know, I know he's still young, but hasn't necessarily been a world beater for you. You kind of expected a little bit more from him. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to add a little another dog to the the stable here, and that's my boy Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. I'm going to bring him into that Baltimore culture and slap him in at that rush position and see what he can do. Love the motor on this guy. Love the fight. I think he's he's got some tools in in his toolbox, and I think that the Ravens would uh, honestly be a really good fit for a player like this, um, just based on the play style. So I'm happy to be, I guess, wrapping up my draft with the Ravens here, bringing back Rondale Moore and and, and Ronnie Perkins to the facility.
1: The Falcons are on the clock. Lee, you're back here at 35 yeah. after taking the quarterback of the future and Trey Lance up at four. Who are you taking here at 35?
2: Well, this is a really interesting position as well. Um, boy, the Falcons, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll add on with a little bit more of just this team and, and why it wouldn't be necessarily smart, in my opinion, to take Pitts number four, which a lot of people are saying. is just because I do think that there's kind of holes all over this team. Um, the safety position isn't great. Eric Harris, I don't think a lot very highly of. Um, AJ Trow had a pretty solid rookie year. I know they signed Fabian Morel, but you probably could. The secondaries you know, could be a lot better. I don't know if I would address it right now, just based on the way the board has fallen. Um, and I think that this is kind of a sneaky bad offensive line. I think that they're arguably an injury away from being a dismal offensive line. I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but Matt Ryan I think has gotten sacked over forty times, maybe twice in the past four years. I still think there's some addressing that needs to be done in this offensive line. They tried to do it, I want to say, a couple drafts ago, drafting Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom. And I think those guys have both been solid, but I don't think either of them are really moving the needle too much for the team. And that's Jake Matthews isn't getting any younger. You know, he's flirting with 30. Um, that's a guy who definitely didn't live up to his potential. So I think that's probably where I'm looking. But then again, Jacob Tuoiti Mariner is your starting defensive end. Um, Not necessarily thrilled with that either. And you know what? I'm going to surrender and I'm going to make a value pick here. I'm going to take Aziz Ojliari, who a lot of people are regarding as a first-round pick. I think he's a guy who's versatile um, and can make a lot of big plays for this defense just considering the fact that I think this defense is kind of devoid of difference-making talent. Um, And I think Ojulari could bring that presence um, and versatility that that this defense needs after drafting a quarterback with that fourth pick.
1: Very nice. The Dolphins are on the clock here at 36. Tommy, uh, you you took Kyle Pitts. You took um, Jalen Phillips. Where are we going here in this in the second round?
5: I'd like to formally put the pickup on the board if anyone is interested.
2: Um, um You know what, Tommy? I'll make an offer. Where, where are we? I'm going to go ahead and, and I'll make an offer with the Carolina Panthers to move up three spots, okay. and I'll throw you 193.
5: Let me. One ninety
3: three.
5: Okay. You know what? We'll do that. We'll do that for sure.
2: I'm thrilled to have made that deal with the Panthers after Uh, drafting my. What's up, club?
1: What was the pick? What was the trade again here?
2: I traded thirty nine and one ninety three for thirty six. Um, there's a guy who's fallen down out of the first round. I have him rated as a first round talent at offensive tackle. I talked about the woes with Greg Little. I love that I brought in my number one receiver in Devonta Smith. I think the offense is already more dynamic. I don't love the fact that I'm kind of ignoring the secondary, but I think it's necessary based on where the offensive line is right now for Carolina. And that's Liam Eikenberg, the tackle out of Notre Dame. Um, I think he can play either side. I definitely think he's worth the pick here at the early second round. And based on the way that, like I was talking about, the Carolina offensive line is shaping up right now, I think he would really bolster them. And and, and again, this is all about helping Sam Darnold. Um, his confidence is probably pretty low, coming off his beginning of his career, getting traded out in New York. And I think bringing in a weapon like Devonta Smith in the first round, and then a, you know, a, a complete player like Liam Leikenberg. I know there's concerns about the length there. But this is a guy who comes from, I'll say it, Connor, Offensive Line University, Notre Dame, the culture's strong. Um, Connor, how many years did he start, Eichenberg?
4: Eichenberg, I believe, was a four-year starter. I think he redshirted his first year and started four. This is
2: a guy who, I mean, you're making my point. This is a guy where the proof is in the pudding. Uh, He may not be the most athletic freak. He may not have the best length. But I think this is a football guy you're going to bring into your locker room and is going to be a starter from day one. Um, And I I would go as far as to say you can slay them in there at left tackle and feel comfortable um, having him protect Sam Darnold's blind side. So I'm really happy with that move.
1: The Eagles are on the clock here at 37. Uh, I traded up to get uh, Jamar Chase in the first round. Um, I'm going to be honest. It's it's crossed my mind maybe to add another receiver even uh, here at the 37th overall pick. But I'm going to revert back to something I was even thinking about pre-draft. I was, I was considering taking the guy Zayvon Collins at 12. But uh, I'll take a slight downgrade, though, but a guy I'm still um, really excited about his, his NFL ceiling, and that's Jamin Davis. Uh, the Eagles just need an infusion of talent at this off-the-ball linebacker position, and I think Jamin Davis uh, will provide that for them. Crazy athlete. He you know needs some refinement in terms of just the run game and, and being maybe a little bit more downhill. But uh, he gives you kind of everything you want in in pass coverage. And uh, pretty thrilled to have him here at 37. And then Bengals, baby. We took Penny Sewell at the fifth overall pick. And, you know, people might think this is a little bit of a reach. But this is a guy who I just think is going to be rock solid uh, in the NFL. And that's Ben Cleveland uh, from Mm. Georgia, the guard. Mm. Um, I just think he's, you know, maybe not... With the Sewell, we got the super athletic kid. Cleveland, we got a guy um, with some nastiness to his game. Very solid up front. All of a sudden, hey, we're going to kick Riley Reef down to guard two. We've got a pretty nice-looking O-line here in Cincinnati That's with boy, our Clep. two picks. We're That's gonna deep cut. I respect Joe the Burrow.
2: heck out of that pick, Clep.
1: Yeah.
2: We're
5: doing the pony down in Miami because I thought you were about to nab a guy mm. from me. Clep. Really shocked, Landon Dickerson wasn't the pick, and we're gonna pick him up right here with Miami. Interior off of the offensive line is a mess. Um, I guess really what Miami needs to do is try and secure a right tackle. Um, and you know there there's still a good amount of tackles on the board. I could go that way, but I just think you talk about floor. Um, no no dis- no disrespect to Ben Cleveland, but I think Landon Dickerson is just. I mean he was dominant this past year at Alabama. I guess there's some concerns with the. The ACL tears, but I think this is a great value for him. I think he's a first-round talent. I think he's probably the best interior offensive lineman in the class. Uh, And it fits a need. I mean, you brought in Matt Skura as center, but he's not really good at all. Or Ted Karras, my fault. Ted Carras at center. No, Skura, right? Uh, Not really a good player.
2: It's Skura, is it?
5: Oh, it's Skura. Apologies. Thank you for that, Lee. Skura was pretty brutal with the Ravens. Uh, You're getting a just... Best center in the class. So, I mean, does it not concern you a little
2: bit that interior? the that I mean, maybe I'm projecting, and I know you don't want to be starting Eric Flowers. I get that, so I like the pick, but does it not concern you a little bit that Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt? I know they were they were probably solid draft picks, but those are guys that both you can make an argument would be better slated playing on the inside, and you have them both playing at tackle. Um, I don't, I don't think Jackson, but Hunt for sure. Hunt, and then yeah, I guess I guess Hunt, but I. Uh, I don't know. Did did it cross your mind to take a tackle here, or, or when you saw Dickerson fall, did you kind of just jump on that? It did. Um, I was I was really thinking about Samuel Cosme mm.
5: from Texas, um, a guy who's played a lot, really good pass protector, um, has started I think three years. But uh, I just like love I love Landon Dickerson. I think he's pro- he's just the safest offensive line prospect on the board. Uh, great locker room guy. Great morale guy. Um, you, I mean, you saw how much his Alabama and Bama teammates cared about him. I think this is a Dolphins, this is a Dolphins guy. This is like a Chris Greer, um, you know, and, and, you know, Dickerson probably is going to be a first round pick, supposedly. I mean, a lot of people think it's gonna be a first round pick. So I just thought it was great value. Um, and I'm not really too worried about the ACL. I don't think that's as big of a thing as it, as it once was.
1: And we still got a pick yep. coming up, too. True. So, um, Lee, you're here with the, the Broncos. You traded back a little bit in the first round. Uh, Michael Parsons, uh, who who are you eyeing here at 40?
2: Um, I'm not going to get cute. I guess I was considering a trade back, but I'm just going to nut up and make a pick here, and that's Kellen Mond, the quarterback out of Texas A&M. This is the reason I didn't yeah. draft Mac Jones in the first round, is because, quite frankly, when I was doing my analysis personally of quarterbacks, again, let me remind the audience, this is what I would do, Mock. Um, And When I was doing my analysis of the quarterbacks in the offseason, I was alternating Mac Jones and Kellen Mond at 4 and 5 throughout the whole process. When it all was said and done, I finally landed on Mac Jones being a marginally better prospect, but they're in the same tier of player in my opinion. And That's why I didn't reach for Mac Jones at 12. I knew Kellen Mond would be available at 40, and I'm more than comfortable. I knew I needed to address quarterback. I'm more than comfortable taking Kellen Mond at 40 here. I think he's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. I think he very well could end up being a better quarterback than Mac Jones, and I'm getting him for a second-round price. Um, This is a confidence pick, in my opinion. This is a pick that I want to bring this guy into training camp and have him compete with Drew Locke and kind of get the best out of both those guys and see what we come out with. But I do think that a lot of folks are undervaluing the upside of a player like Kellen Mond, who I think can be a very consistent starter in the NFL if given the right surroundings which i do think denver really offers with a solid offensive line and arguably the best weapons um in the league i would say if those guys continue to develop when it comes down to Cortland Sutton being healthy jerry judy continuing to develop we saw how he could kind of separate last year now the drops need to be kind of figured out we saw kj hamler flash a little bit i know tommy likes noah fant more than i do i'll grant that the guy's a good solid starting tight end um you got weapons all over the field there so Let's make the most of that. Let's make a run here. I think Kellen Mond's a good pick at forty.
1: The Lions. I'm back up with the Lions at forty-one. Um, is anyone interested in, in moving up a little bit? I don't want to go too far back, but just figured I'd put it out there.
2: Um, let me see where I'm at here. Okay. Lee, I wanted to uh,
5: I wanted to talk, ask you a question real quick, just because I. I knew that this was going to be a likely scenario, and I wanted to bring it up at 12, but I wanted to wait until you, you officially took Mond at 40. Um, so you're, you you being uh, George Patton, or whoever the GM of, of Denver is, you're, you're hoping Mond is your starter uh, week Mond one? Mond will
2: be the starter week one. I have confidence he's better than Drew okay. Locke. If he If he comes into camp okay. and sucks, then it's a bad pick. I would even go as far as to say if he's not the starter week one, it's a bad pick. I think he's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. I'm just literally leaning all my weight on my analysis. This isn't me trying to do anything cute. I think Kellen Mond's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think what is similar to Mac Jones, I think what is gonna make Kellen Mond and players, second-tier players, Zach Wilson and I would throw in that category as well with my analysis. What's going to make them good in the NFL is them being having good coaching and a good scheme around them and good talent around them, and I think Denver has all of those things. I'm not in love with Pat Shermer. I think he's a much better offensive coordinator than he is a head coach. But like I said about the roster around Kellen Mond, I really don't think, and I think you guys would agree with me, I don't know how many better situations you can go into than being the quarterback of the Denver Broncos just based on what you have around you. Um, Juwan James coming back from COVID the year off. Garrett Bowles has progressed well. you got two good tackles. You got good guards, some some decent depth on the offensive line, and I already went over the laundry list of receivers. So I, I think this is a really good position to be put in. And I think Kellen Mond is a guy who high IQ quarterback, similar to Trey Lance in a way when it comes to their ability to play from the pocket, their ability to protect the football. Um, he's not a physical specimen, but he can take NFL hits, and I think his processing is good, and I, I believe in him. I believe in him as a quarterback, so that's why I would take him here. And And kind of the polar opposite
5: situation that he had in Tamu in terms of Totally. And I don't think this
2: whole kind of narrative about you know no quarterbacks are worth taking in the second round, I couldn't disagree with more. I think a lot of these quarterbacks get overvalued because of that narrative and because of how poignant it's been the past few years. But in reality, um, I think that there's a lot of value to be had at the quarterback position after the first round. It just kind of depends on the coaching, the scheme fit, and kind of how you view the player um, on tape. So that's that's kind of where, why I landed on Kellen Mond. On my all-in-all all top 75 big board, Kellen Mond was my 49th-ranked player. Um, I'm drafting him at 40, and he's a quarterback. So for me, I think that's a really valuable pick, and I'm more than happy making that pick.
1: Uh, did anyone have time to think of a trade, or is,
4: is it, am <laughs> I stuck here? I offered a 7th from Dallas to move up to 41 from 44. I will do that. Perfect. Yeah, I'll absolutely do that. Cool.
5: Where are we where are we going,
1: Connor?
4: We'll see. You're, we'll see. We'll see if you like it. I'm doubling down. Which, which sure. seventh?
1: Can I get the two twenty seven? Or is, it, uh, is that six? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, that's right at the end of the sixth round. Seven. Can I get that one?
4: No,
3: oh, you took the seventh.
2: <laughs> yeah. What the hell All is right, this? I'll take
1: your seventh. I'll take your seventh. I'm fine with it. Yeah. The
3: fact that 7th puff,
2: you need know, those deep cut picks. Man.
1: I know. I am I'm, I'm I'm fine with
4: it. So the Lions get the next theoretic baby in that 7th
1: 238.
4: Marlon Williams in Connor. Yeah. Not that the Lions need more running backs, that's for oh, sure. Oh, is it
1: it's going through the horses. Oh no, it's one. Okay. Who are, who are you taking, Connor?
5: All right, Connor.
4: Yeah, so the guy I had in mind I hope he's available or else this is really in my face. But uh, Aziz, is he still available? Oh, no. <laughs> Aziz won? Okay. Well, I did not. Who took Aziz? I took we Aziz did it with, with the, Falcons. The, the Falcons. Early
2: in the second round with the Falcons.
4: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it had to have been like very recent because I had it. It was it kinda confusing. I kind
2: of went on. on an O-line tangent and then took Aziz. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. happened too. I thought you went online. All right. Can you go to the edges then? Who is available here? Because we're going edge. We're doubling Jerry's down. Flustered. That's
2: Jerry's
1: O-way. flustered. Jerry's flustered. There's Owe. Rousseau, O-way, Basham.
4: Asai. No, that's Joe Roche. Yeah, we're gonna go. We want Rousseau then. That's who we want. Such a cowboy. It was either Aziz or Rousseau. Such a cow- either right. one of those two. Owe, I don't I'm know. Like, Not so on that Tommy reluctantly agrees. Yeah. With Rousseau? It, it is a very Cowboys pick. Yeah, it's
5: a Cowboys pick. I like it, Connor. I think uh, getting Rousseau here is good value. Um, I'm surprised. I kind of was expecting you to go for Friermuth. I'm, ex- I'm surprised you didn't kind of go in that direction. Um, I think it's I mean, it's definitely a need. And the cool thing about Rousseau, too, is he can play on the inside, too, a little bit. I mean, he's got the length, and I think he's versatile. Yeah, to me, um, if it
4: wasn't Rousseau, it was going to be... So if it wasn't Aziz, it was going to be Rousseau. And if it wasn't Rousseau, it was going to be Basham, personally. Mm. Basham I just like because of the just pure size but I think Rousseau is just a heck of an athlete and I think just kind of sometimes those Miami guys man like they're very hit or miss because at times the character concerns and just kind of the I don't know I always accuse Miami kind of having a lack of heart as a program but then sometimes you do get some of those guys that are the throwback dudes from the 80s who come into the NFL and really put up some big numbers and I think Rousseau definitely could be one of those guys for the Cowboys. It's definitely a position they just have to address. You can't like go through here without end. I get getting a tight end for Dak, but I think you can kind of manufacture that later. And I studied a lot more deeply on the tight ends this year, so I'm more comfortable kind of with Dallas dabbling late. with Tommy Tremble.
5: Tommy Tremble trade up in the third we'll round. We'll see.
4: I mean, your guy Brevin's still there. I mean, nobody's really yeah. gone after tight ends yet.
1: Um, Lee, you're here with the Giants.
2: I am. Um... And I took a luxury pick, somewhat, in the first round by not addressing offense, um, which I think should be the philosophy with the Giants, is kind of figuring out how they can make Daniel Jones' life as easy as possible. But I do believe that Barmer was a good pick, considering the need on the inside uh, of the defensive line. And we collected
1: an extra first.
2: And we we did, we did. We collected a first-round pick next year, which is never a bad thing. Um, I'm not extremely comfortable with how the inside of the offensive line is looking for the New York football Giants. Um, i think zach fulton is decent he's 29
3: um but you lost zeitler
2: you lost zeitler who i think was pro- is probably better than zach fulton and nick gates the center right now so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna draft creed humphrey the interior offensive lineman out of oklahoma who i think could play a little bit of center can play a little bit of guard and can bolster that offensive line and give you the security you need to say hey we may very well have a decent offensive line this year. This, this might work. Um, I'm not in love with taking a tackle here due to the fact that I, I liked Matt Pert last year, and I know Nate Soldier is old. I get it, but I still believe he can play right tackle for a couple more years if, if he puts his mind to it. And, and as far as I can tell, he's going to be coming back for the Giants this year. You can put him in at right tackle. I'm very comfortable with Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Now you slot in Creed Humphrey here. Um, and you can get a little competition going at right guard between Zach Fulton, Nick Gates, maybe Tommy's boy Shane Lemieux. Um, get some things working along that offensive line, but I do think that this is a pick that makes me feel, as a Giants fan, quote-unquote, or, or a part of the Giants brass, a little bit more confident about my uh, offensive line as a, as a well-rounded unit here. So I think Creed Humphrey's a good pick here. Crazy athletic profile for an offensive lineman and a guy who I think... Um, Obviously played really competitive football in college, and, and I believe in as a day-one starter here in New York.
1: The Niners are on the clock. That's good pick, Lee. After taking Justin yep. Fields third overall, they're here at 43. Tom, are you getting some help from Fields, or are you adding to the defense? What's going on here?
5: Well, I mean, I was about to say, even though uh, I play the role of anti-RB, the fact that Javante Williams and Travis Etienne are still on the board here uh, is, is really enticing, but Shanahan always seems to... You know, Raheem Moster, Jeff Wilson are you know, more than adequate in his system. It is it is an interesting thought, though, to add a, a talent like a Javante Williams or a Travis Etienne to this system and, and really go all in on fields, and especially this year. Um, so that little devil is on my shoulder whispering in my ear. But I do really think the biggest need for San Francisco is in the secondary. And a player that I really like a lot, a player that I hope the, t- the Cowboys are targeting in the second round, Um I've, I've talked about him a lot on this podcast is Javon Holland from Oregon. He's a guy who played nickel at Oregon. He played safety at Oregon. I wouldn't even be opposed to throwing him on the outside. He ran a four or five ish, I believe. And he's at six one. Like, I just think he has so much versatility in the secondary. And I think he can be, you know, a high level starter at safety or at nickel um, from day one, really instinctual player. Uh, and a guy who I just think is, has really low chances of, of not hitting in the NFL, just a solid double Um, So Javon Holland, keep him on the West Coast. Keep him in the Bay from from, uh, Bishop O'Dowd, I believe, in Oakland. You know, that's why Maurice Jones-Drew loves him so much. He's an Oakland guy. Keep him in the Bay and send him to uh, San Francisco. I'm
1: back with the Lions at 44. And I I think I'm going to finally, I'm just going to stick and pick. I'm going to take my guy, De'Ami Brown, receiver from UNC, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 20 yards per catch type of guy there at wide receiver. De'Ami Brown, to me, is a... First-round talent, but he's he's sliding into the second round for reasons unbeknownst to me. Uh, And I'll stick here and and pick him. And I think, I mean, this is where we get into the interesting mental gymnastics, like Tommy was talking about. A guy like Sam Cosme is still on the board here at tackle. And I took Slater over Chase, and it's, you know, hey, what's the value here? But this wide receiver room uh, needs an injection of talent. You're kind of hoping that, you know, your lottery tickets with Tyrell Williams Rashad Perryman and, and Khalif Raymond can produce you something. You hope that Quintes Cephas can can play solidly, but we need Deami Brown to, to come in and add some juice to this receiver room.
2: I'll let the record show that I'd be pretty disappointed if that happened. No disrespect, clap. I'm just
1: saying yeah, if, I know. If, if
2: draft I'm, I'm day aware. came around and this happened, I would I would sink on my seat a little bit. That's all.
4: <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Connor picking for the twenty thousandth time with the with the Jaguars here.
4: Yeah, this pick I'm gonna you know it's the trend now I guess I'm gonna say this pick is for sale. I'm looking to move back particular pretty far back in this round hmm. particularly if anybody who hmm. has a late pick um, in this round. You know what? what you're trying to you're trying to pick Tommy Tremble
5: at the end of two. Is that what you're trying to do? We might be. Um, Connor, I just
2: want to acquire more picks. Man. I don't know if this is late enough for you. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna let the board fall. I'm gonna let the board fall here. I'm not. Gonna uh, Connor,
1: I, I might have a I might have a trade for you, buddy.
2: Yeah, think about it. Um, Pause your screen, Clark. Oh <laughs> shit! I'm sorry. I keep doing <laughs> yeah.
1: that. Um, I'm I'm with Chicago here at 52. Okay. Um, trying to come mm-hmm. up to 45 to get my guy. Yeah, um, that's in-
4: that's intriguing to me. Yeah.
1: So, let's see what we got. I know, I mean, the, the Bears don't have the most capital, but um, I'd be willing to maybe package two of my late picks. Um, we've got 205 and 229. Okay. Is that is that
4: pick ahead of Arizona, the Bears pick, that you're giving me as well in the second round? No, it's it behind, is behind. It's behind. It's yes. behind Arizona.
1: You uh, said so you're trying to fall far back, and now you're complaining that it's beyond four picks.
4: Well, it's either fall very far back, or I'd prefer to be like slightly ahead of Arizona because I know they're looking for the same position. But uh, I think we're just going to stick it. I think All we're right. just going to stick it and make the pick. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to pony up here. All righty. Take a swing, Connor. Yeah, we got to take a swing here. And... I'm gonna mess up my spot with New England, but you gotta do what you'd have to do for the team, man. And I'm gonna take my guy Marshall here. Great pick, yeah, Lawrence. Something to play with. Yeah. I think he slips here. I think tight end's gonna be there later. I've said it earlier, and now I have to think about it here with New England because I was not. I would like. Say, I love. I
1: love me some Terrace Marshall Connor. And uh, I think he's. I mean, six four two. He's right behind De'ami Brown for me on my big board. Would have taken him to the Lions as well. That's kind of why I was trying to go back a little bit because I like both those guys a lot. Let the record um,
2: show. I think Terrace Marshall's a weak boy.
1: Yep.
5: <laughs> I like Terrence.
2: I like Feel Terrence free. My feet I'll will be put to the fire shocked. next year if, he, if he's good. I just want to let the record show.
1: He's 20 years old. He's definitely not. Big receiver. Plays outside and in the slot.
2: Drops and a not, not a willing blocker. Just two bugaboos I can't get over.
1: Uh, What are you, what are you doing with New England here, Connor.
4: Yeah, here's a fun one here. We're going to go and get the receiver here, and we're going to go take Amon Ra, St. Brown,
1: yeah. from USC. A bunch go. of guys off flying off the board that Lee does not like. The nice only reason you took him there. is
2: because his brother went to Notre Dame. Not even remotely true. <laughs>
3: No, um, if I
4: was gonna make the Homer pick, it would have been Dwayne Eskridge from Western. That's <laughs> my other one I was thinking of. All right,
1: well, uh, I'm running up to the board with, with this selection for the Chargers. I took JC Horn in the first round. Uh, and we're gonna take Sam Cosme. What a two uh, Here here at forty seven. Yeah, play. uh, played some played some right tackle early on in his career. So, you know, with, with Balaga on the left side. We're just gonna slot in Sam Cosme on the right side and uh, hey, really uh, really just solidify this offensive line for for the Chargers, I think. Herbert was one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league last year, and he still put up those numbers. You bring in the, the offensive lineman that you did in free agency, and you add Cosme to that mix. I, I think you're really uh, cooking with fire there with the Chargers. Uh, Tommy, you're up here with Vegas.
5: Yeah. The board fell really good for me with Vegas. Um, didn't take a tackle. Took a JOK, and, and we got a plethora of offensive linemen at our disposal. And I'm gonna take Jackson Carmen here from Clemson. Uh, he played left tackle his whole career at Clemson. Was a highly rated recruit. They like their Clemson he's, guys he's a mean too. Mug. They like their Clemson guys. He's a mean mug. Um, supposedly a lot of uh, a lot of you know Twitter guys think that he's a guard, but he supposedly's been telling everybody that the ta- team's you him as a tackle. And he's a guy that I think the only probably, reason he think he's a guard is because he's, he's a,
2: apparently like an exceptional puller and a great athlete, which I think is yeah, like he's let a great the man athlete tackle.
3: <clears throat> yeah,
5: I think you put him at right tackle to start. You got Colton Miller and Jackson Carmen, and worst comes to worst, he's a really good guard. So uh, I like this pick a lot for the Raiders, and I like what I've done with getting a Wusso Kormora and now uh, Jackson Carmen to help out that offensive line. All right. Cardinals are up, Connor.
4: Yes. Now we're taking them. Now we're gonna go get Frymuth right here, Arizona. Good pick. Nice. Good, good pick, man. Good pick.
2: It's a top 35 player on my big far board. Farley and Yep. yep.
1: Uh, Tommy, you interested in a little uh, quick, quick, quick swap here down to 52?
5: Yeah, no, completely. Um,
1: I'll toss you. I'll toss you the last pick that I have. With the with the bears. Two tw- how
5: about two oh? How about two oh four? I don't have two oh
1: four. I got two oh nine. Did you
5: already trade? I'm looking at the bears. It says 204, 208. Are we like one pick off or something? Are you looking at the the draft? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at
1: Tankathon, baby.
5: Yeah, I think Tankathon mm-hmm. might be a little
1: off, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm um, not. I'm looking to give you two twenty nine. Because uh, I think my guy will be there, but I just want to make sure. But.
5: I mean, I don't know Washington, man. Washington's right ahead of you. That's fine. All right, fine, fair enough. My hardball didn't work. <laughs> so fifty-two and uh, two twenty-eight for fifty. Tommy
2: thought he was Chris Matthews. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. Uh,
1: <laughs> let's see here. Uh, two twenty-eight. yeah, For. And fifty-two.
2: Yeah, tankathon.
1: Tankathon's a little. You're off. Take
2: Davis Mills clip.
1: No, sir. We're taking the man Stone Forsyth.
4: Good pick, man. We're going to double up on our tackles.
1: Truly fixing the bookends there in Chicago. We got Leatherwood and Forsyth coming in. Some mountain men. Washington is up.
5: Yeah, football team on the clock. Um... This is interesting. Tackle boards fell falling really nice for us. I know who you um, should take.
2: Are you thinking no, I'm not linebacker? gonna say. I'm gonna wait till after. I'm gonna let you make the pick. I don't want to interfere.
5: Yeah. Full disclosure, it's between uh, Walker Little and Dylan Raddins for me right now. Um, I think you got to take a tackle. Can't you got Sadiq that. Charles. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's other there are other places you can go, but I do think that you know, although Charles played okay and they just have some, you know, they can, they can add another young, um, tackle with upside and you know what? I'm going to go full Mike Renner right now and I'm going to take Walker Little from Stanford, uh, to the Washington football team. I just think he has the highest ceiling of the tackles left. Um, was on pace to be a first round pick really was, you know, huge highly touted recruit coming out of, uh, Tejas, I believe, or Georgia, He's from Texas. one those nice southern states. Yeah, from Tejas. So um, Walker Little's a pick for Washington, uh, and we're just going to continue to good add Good pick. I mean, offense. it's
2: tough to evaluate because I haven't seen him play since he was getting mocked like top five in 2018 or whatever it was. But, yeah, yeah I mean, good good pick, yeah. man. Who, who, I thought who's I, who's I, I, I thought think? Jamar was a pick, man, just getting a dog in the secondary. I think their line is like fine. Yeah. I kind of think that tackle problems are overrated. With, the, with Washington, I think their line is totally. pretty good. And just bringing in...
5: Well, Cameron Curl... If Cameron Cameron Curl actually played really well last year as a seventh round. Yeah, but um, I feel like both of those it. guys
2: are kind of thumpers. Curl and... Uh, and and, yeah. and who am I forgetting? The Giants, Landon Collins. So just getting a guy yeah, back Landon there Collins. who's kind of a ball hawk, I think would be... And you won't have to worry too much about Jamar's inability to really form tackle. Just because it's like, let him go out there yeah. and be a playmaker. But I don't hate the pick.
5: Yeah, and also, I mean, there's a lot of safety depth, too, as opposed to tackle depth. I think we're kind of getting uh, – we're hitting all these tackles now, and there's still a lot of safeties who obviously Jamar would be
1: um, – Tommy, you're right back out of here. here with Miami.
5: Yeah, I'm right back at it with Miami. Um, interesting spot, and you know what? We're, we're trying to win now and, and compete in this division with, with Tua in this offense, and we're going to take my uh, my RB1, and that's Javante Williams from from North Carolina. Um I know running back isn't a huge, I mean, it's a need, but they kind of could use a difference maker. They have some nice depth with Salvan Ahmed and um, Miles Gaskin, but I think Javante Williams is a much better player than both of those guys. No disrespect to either of them. Uh, Young, 21 years old, plays a real physical style of football. Reminds me a lot of of Joe Mixon kind of coming out. I think he just has a complete physical game. He's got some Nick Chubb to him as well. Just uh, love this player a lot, and I'm going to take him here with Miami.
1: Tennessee Lee, after, uh, after moving up, big move up in the first round back here at 53.
2: I got aggressive. Got aggressive yep. with the Titans here. Um, interesting the way the board has fallen. And you know what? I'm kind of just going to submit. I'm going to submit here to this pick a little bit. Um, and I'm going to take my guy, Kelvin Joseph, cornerback out of Kentucky. It's a need. I don't know if he's going to be able to come in and immediately make an impact, like I've said about a lot of these players. I don't know. But I think the potential is there. I love his length. I love his ability to just get in between the man and the ball. Um, I like what he can do after. He's a playmaker. I've seen him make interceptions and make plays with the ball after the catch. And I kind of think he's just got that dog mentality. Um, I think he's a win-now player. And... um, yeah, I'm not in love with the Christian Fulton, Janoris Jenkins tandem they've got going right now. So I'm going to go ahead and throw Kelvin Joseph in the mix and, and get things a little more exciting for this Tennessee secondary that has kind of been a little bit underwhelming the past few years. Um, so kind of drafting a little bit more for need here, but I'm comfortable making the pick with Kelvin Joseph here. I think he's a, he's a top two round player.
1: Colts are on the clock. Lee's back at it again.
2: I am. Definitely, kind of similar to you with the Lions, experiencing a little bit of, um, yeah, I guess, FOMO here with, with Roche on the board after taking Pay, which I thought was a good pick at the time. But I'm going to go ahead and make the easy pick here, and that's Dylan Raduns, North Dakota State, offensive tackle, um, said I needed to tackle. Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport, throw Raduns in that battle to see who can go win that tackle position. Um, and, hey, he played at North Dakota State, maybe him and Carson Wentz will get off to a nice little relationship from the start, have a lot in common with their with their college experience. Um, so, yeah, comfortable making that pick with the Colts at 54. And I'm back on the board. And watch me do it, Tommy. Watch me do it, Quincy Rochet to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to ignore the uh, – I think the offensive line slander is overrated, and I'm going to fall into the Pittsburgh organizational hubris and draft one of this – one of the edge rushers in this draft, who I believe is for sure a top two round player. I know you have Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, but your next best pass rusher behind those guys is Cassius Marsh, who if I'm quite frankly, if I'm the GM of the Steelers, I'd cut this guy before the draft. Um, bring Quincy, Quincy Roche in. He has that chip on his shoulder. He was a, a, a top nine number guy at Temple transferred to Miami, made a solid impact at Miami this past year. And I think is, is a guy who's going to fit that Pittsburgh culture, and keep that edge on that Pittsburgh defense because you got to reassess every single year with, with that defense. Um, I know there's some holes in the secondary, but I'm not. The way the board shook down, I wasn't really willing to take a corner here. So I'm, I'm taking Quincy Roche here, who I think is a great fit with the Steelers culture-wise. Um, and I think he's going to make an impact.
5: Leah,
3: hmm?
2: I must
5: say, I mean, Travis Etienne's on the board. Any uh, Any regret? Uh, I mean, I know well, it's not potentially that realistic. No, yeah, well, but no. This is kind of what no, we've been talking about. I think Najee's
2: in a class of his own. I'll go out and say that. I think he's in okay. a class of his own. I th- if we're doing tiers for running backs, I think Najee would be in tier one alone. And I think Etienne and Javante would be in tier two. You know how much I like Javante? I like Etienne a lot, too. Um, I think Najee's the only one of those guys who I would draft in round one. And that's because I'm really high on him. I think Najee Harris is a phenomenal football player, a phenomenal running back. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think from day one, he could be a top seven, top 10 running back in the NFL, which I think is extremely impactful considering um, the fact that the Steelers haven't really had a guy who could be a difference maker whatsoever from the running back position. Um, So yeah, I'm not, and also like you said, I really, I guess I'll eat a tiny bit of crow if if Javante or Etienne is on the board at this pick in the second round, because I really just don't think that's going to happen. So I think that's a little bit more incentive to, for them taking Najee in the first round is the fact that I don't think either of those guys are going to fall to uh, to this pick. Pick, what is it, 55? So, yeah, that, that, that kind of rounds up my my thoughts on, uh, on that. And I think yeah. that retires me for the draft. A lot of good players on the board, but it was fun.
1: First pick for the Seahawks,
2: really? Tommy.
5: Yep. Um, I... I'm leaning towards a guy that I thought Lee was going to pick at 55, um, who's a really nice scheme fit, I think, and that's that's Joseph Asai. But I kind of want to trade with Seattle. I know uh, I kind of want to rob them. Uh, they have three picks in this draft. I just think they're in a position where you got to get some more picks. I think they probably should trade back. And I would like to trade with myself, um, with the New York Jets, if that's possible. I want to give... The Seahawks 66, so they move back to the top of the third round, 10 spots, and I'm going to give them 186 in addition. So the Seahawks would then have 66, 129, 186, and 250. I'm fine with that. Any objections? Your world. Alrighty. So the Jets have traded back into the second round. And they get, I'm sorry, what pick Uh, did they get for the Jets? uh, 186. Um so, and this is the Travis Etienne spot. Uh the Jets really need a running back. Uh Etienne, I think, is the last of the kind of top three. Um I love Kenneth Gainwell. I love Khalil Herbert, but I think Etienne just offers a little bit higher of a floor and ceiling um than Herbert, especially. Gainwell, I think, is a little bit of a similar player, but really just trying to help Zach Wilson as much as possible. We didn't add a receiver, but Adding uh, Elijah Vera Tucker and now Travis Etienne. Uh, I like the look of this Jets um, offense.
1: Rams. Connor. No, no. one of the Rams. Yeah. Do do? Oh, I do. Yep. Yeah. Oh, is this their
4: first pick? Yes. That's why I was gonna say. All right, fair enough. All right. Well, wasn't super prepared to make this pick, but. I know he's got to go somewhere, so here it is. Give me that boy, Tommy Trumbull, right here to the Rams. What did I say, guys? What did I say? He's a hell of a run blocker. He's grade A run blocker. Probably the best run blocking tight end I've actually seen, period. He is a very small sample size in Notre Dame in terms of catches, but this guy is going to be a heck of a player in the NFL. I love just getting a guy in the second round that you know does something at an A level right away, and I think he's going to help a lot. As much as we kind of dog on, like, Patricia and, like, what the Lions are kind of trying to do, I think it does make sense for Stafford to kind of have a two tight end set, run a lot more out of the single back because he's aging, and I think Trumbull just provides just a solid lead blocker. I mean, he played a little bit of fullback for Notre Dame as well. Notre Dame ran a ton of three tight end sets. Wouldn't really recommend doing that in the NFL. I think Notre Dame's going to get away from that with the personnel they have this year and kind of getting rid of the book, but I think Trumble is definitely just a versatile guy that... I mean, Rams are going all in with Stafford. They're trying to win, and they're in a heck of a competitive division. And I think to get a guy in the second round that can do something at a top level is going to be big for them.
1: Connor, you're up here with the Chiefs, their first pick of the mock after the yes, trade. Sir. Where are you going yes. here?
4: This one, I don't really get the ADP of him, but I've been staring at him for a long time, and that's Owe. And I think the Chiefs need an edge here. And I think he's he's a kind of a risky prospect. But I think when you're the Chiefs, I mean, you can afford to gamble. You're kind of looking at your season last year and thinking you got pretty close. Would have been nice to maybe have gotten a little bit more pressure on Brady in that Super Bowl game, or maybe even just stop for that. And I think always just a versatile prospect that they need to pair maybe with Frank Clark, and they could really sort of get after the passer a little bit more.
5: Good. Yeah, good pick. Um, I certainly was kind of licking my chops up here with Cleveland, thinking that I was going to get – um, a shot at, at him. And being that I got um, Zaven Collins already with Cleveland, uh, there's a lot of different ways I can go here. But I think uh, Elijah Molden is really tempting for me here. But you did bring in Troy Hill to play nickel. And bringing in John Johnson with Grant Delpit, I just don't know how much of the field he's going to see. Um, but I really, really like Elijah Molden. So I'm going to pull Trig here on Joseph Asai um edge rusher from texas high effort high floor player i think um there's no you know you can't count on jadavian Clowney to be in cleveland for that much longer and i think osai just this guy's just going to come in and be able to you know push for 48 sacks um a year right off the bat i just like really like his his effort and i think he's a high floor player he can play special teams and all that nice athlete so joseph Osai is gonna be my pick here for the cleveland browns
1: um Saints are on the board. Say you, Tommy. I'm interested it's in, in trading dude. up. If you're maybe interested in falling back a little bit, I don't know. I know it would take you out of the the, the running for the for the mock. But um, um, I'm lo- I'm, in the, I'm the Lions. I'm looking to come back up into the second round.
5: <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to deny that. I'm sorry, Cla- Oh Well, let me let me see. I got yeah. We got a bunch of picks. You, sometimes the Saints don't have any picks. We do have a bunch of picks. So I'm unfortunately not trying to add anything, Adam. Um too bad. I think this is a really <laughs> This is a really uh this is a really interesting spot for New Orleans. We've added Elijah Moore, who I'm really comfortable with. Uh, I don't really think there's a lot of value receiver, although I love me some Tylen Wallace. You guys are all sleeping I on Nico Collins, have- man. <sighs> all right, man. I mean, you know. I don't I don't, I don't I'm not a big Nico Collins guy. I'll, I'll say it. I'll be the first to say it. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of different ways I could go here. Again, Elijah Molden is a player who I think the Saints could use some help in the secondary with Marcus Williams potentially not being brought back. But again, not really going to see the field that much as a rookie just because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he kind of plays the same role as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So I'm going to go ahead here and I'm going to take uh, the LSU guy, Jabril Cox, at linebacker. Really like uh, Jabril Cox a lot. It was a really enjoyable Watch on tape. He definitely needs some work and some coaching, um, but is a, and is a guy who kind of can get clogged up in you know the run game and stopping the run and going downhill. Not an overly physical player, is a little bit more like a safety, but brings a coverage uh, skill set to the linebacker position that I think you know that's what you want in the current NFL. And this is a team that really doesn't have any of that. They have Demario Davis and Zach Bond, who kind of can do that downhill run stuffing stuff, and I think Jabril Cox can kind of just be your rover matchup on tight ends, just kind of the modern linebacker, uh, really good size at 6'4". What do we got for a weight? 6'4", 231. So, I mean, guys got traits for days uh, and has a high ceiling, so I like Jabril Cox here
1: to New Orleans. Good pick there, Tommy. I'm on the board with the Bills. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to take Aleem McNeil uh, from NC, uh, NC State. Big run-stuffing defensive tackle. I think, too, Aline McNeil talking about getting one player who makes you better in two spots. I think uh, you can then really slot Ed Oliver in, kind of at that three-tech spot where he can just be a a gap-shooting, attacking defensive interior player. We got Aline McNeil. We got Horrible Harry. We got a bunch of people on this interior, and I think they can get multiple with Leslie Frazier there uh, as well as
5: Club, don't forget about AJF and, AJ and he, up yeah, We're oh, adding to on. this
1: D-line. Ali McNeil, just high on my board right now, and I like him for the Bills. Um, Hunter with the Packers.
2: I do want to say, I don't want to force it, but I'm, I want—I would like to trade up with the Panthers to draft a alignment of some sort if anyone is interested in trading down. I just want to make the record show that uh, I, I would like to do that. I'd What's the offer? Um you're the pack you're talking Packers. Yeah, or I'm Chiefs? on the clock. I'm on the clock. Okay. The Packers. Um yeah, let me real Chiefs quickly Chiefs just see explore. where I'm at with the Panthers, Packers. I got 73. So I'd be moving up 11 spots. Um boy, you got a lot of picks. I'd give you I guess I'd give you 73 and 113 for 62 and 135. Mm. 62 and 142. That's my final offer. If you don't want it, it's totally fine. Don't take it. I'll sit at 73 and hope that someone falls to me. If you like it, we can do business. We'll do it. We'll do it? All right.
4: Yeah, we'll do it. I might really regret it depending on who you take, but we'll see.
2: (laughs) I don't think you'll regret it. I'm kind of... I'm looking solely O line here. I'm trying to rebuild the line, like I've said. Um, I know I will note to the Panthers fans listening out there. I know you need corners. I understand that, but
1: I'm. What was just, the What was the other? What you was, send Lee?
2: It was uh, 62. I got 62 and 142, and uh-huh. I sent 73 and 113. Cool. Yeah. Um. So now I'm on the uh, the board with the Carolina Panthers, um, and I'm going to take a guy I really like, and that's Quinn Miners, the interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin-Whitewater. Just another guy to bulk the inside of this offensive line, give Darnold that help. I think that Carolina's mission right now, after focusing solely on defense in last year's draft, is to basically make Darnold's life easy, like I said, and let Joe Brady kind of... Work his magic as an offensive mind. Um, and I think in order to do that, you need to be solid on all fronts. And I really do think, I'll say it, uh, it may be a little ignorant, but with the way that this draft went with me with Carolina with the first two rounds, I think this is a complete offense. I don't think you really have to worry too much about the offense with adding Eichenberg and Quinn Miners on the offensive line, adding Devonta Smith at receiver. Obviously, there's concerns at the cornerback position but I believe that there, there's room to build there in next year's draft, and I know that it's not going to be some tough sledding, but I still think that the defense is formidable enough to compete for a playoff position, um, and I really like the way everything went here, uh, drafting Quinn Miners at the end of the second round here for the Panthers. All right. That wasn't your guy, eh, Connor?
4: He was my second one, oh, okay. almost, almost. Oh, dear. Yeah. I see the tackles here, Klopp? I want to make sure this guy's here so I don't look like a buffoon here. We're getting kinda of
1: late in the game here. Sorry, hang on a second. You're
5: good. Is it Robert Hansey? At it's time?
1: not. My computer's starting to starting no, to get a little slow go. here, I think, with the yeah, garage band. the
4: lag. Yeah. I can do yeah, I mean if here it's too bad I can just gas. Alright, yeah, it's lagging I'm Mind I got the thing in the way still. Just, just there he is, yes. Mayfield, Tommy got it on the second guess. Jalen Mayfield to, to the, the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs need a tackle, we're getting a big one. This guy was mocked in the first round for quite a while. I don't really know what happened to him. This whole like post games narrative thing where people just like slide is really weird to me, especially in like a no combine year. I think Mayfield He's kind of a ton of size. You think he's, yeah, I'll I mean, say I don't know. Dude, no,
2: no, no. I think it's a great pick. Let me preface it by that. I think Mayfield is for sure a top two round player, but to give him a knock, he's a little bit soft and he played right tackle for Michigan. Um, yep. So I, I don't know, you know, I think that there's a lot of projectability there. I think he's, for like I said, is a for sure a top two round guy. I think it's a good pick, but that would be the knock I would say is that his technique is not extremely refined. And that, based on where the expectations were coming into the year, this is a guy people were talking about as arguably the best tackle in college football. I just yep. didn't see that type of output, but I think the potential's there, and I think he's a guy who can who can grow and become a good tackle in the league for sure.
5: Yep. And uh,
2: Kansas City now with Orlando Brown,
1: Joe
5: Tooney, Kyle Long, and Jalen Mayfield. All of added. a sudden, yeah, kind of you
2: got a pretty that's... solid offensive line there in KC. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm going to
1: clap. well I'm I'm going to I'm going to force through a little a, a little trade here. If okay. you guys are if you guys are cool Lions. with it. Lions Lions, Lions are are going to come up here uh from 72 we're going to trade with the Bucks. Uh they're going to get our um Oh hang on. I didn't I wanted to do this differently. Um 72 to 64.
5: What are you giving? 238.
1: And two then two? um yes. Yes. this So this is my... 112 is at the top of round four. 176 is at the bottom of round five. And I'm going to throw in the, the pick I got from Dallas earlier. Nice. Um, so we're going to force this trade through. We jump back into the end of the second round. We're going to take Amari Rodgers. I, oh, I love Get us um, a slot receiver. Really, that. really uh, round out. I think with Deami Brown and Amari Rodgers, and then hopefully Tyrell Williams... Uh, coming in and uh, you know being a being a starting level receiver, I think we've we've built a nice nucleus around Goff slash the rookie that will come from next season, uh, as well as Rasan later. And at I lost the board here, but uh, the the Texans are up at sixty five.
5: Yep, I still have the board. Think, um,
1: so- and, and, and well, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna make the pick here. Shout out, Cuse, Ify Melifonwu. Get a uh, get a long, nice, uh, athletic corner to, to come into uh, to Houston.
5: There you go. Yeah, and I, I'm going to do the same thing for uh, for Seattle. I traded out of the second round. Let's give them the the 66th pick real quick, and uh, I'm going to take Joe Tryon nice. here from Washington, who probably won't be here, but keep him in state. Awesome. You pick. Need an edge yeah, rusher. If that were the
1: case, that'd be crazy.
2: Yeah,
5: for uh, Seattle, need a need an edge rusher with. Um, you know, who they have he only have slid because Clep anything, and I
2: got so. those deep cuts in the edge class. Ronnie Perkins yeah. to Peyton Turner Yeah. slid him down the board yeah. a little bit.
4: Yeah. <laughs> hey,
5: that's that's what we love. Um. Yeah. What a mock, guys. Really, if you were to tell me that Elijah Molden and Jamar Johnson were going to still be there at, in round three, I would be kind of surprised. That's those are kind of a at least my guys. Lee, you're a big Jamar guy. Yeah. I just so, I, yeah. I
2: wanted to dude. I almost thought for a second because I was like looking at the O line. And then when Radon's didn't fall to the Steelers, because I had to take him with the Colts, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to forget O-line for a second and just take Roche. I thought maybe Roche would fall. Jamar Johnson, I just couldn't get around. I, I considered him with Tennessee, but I thought corner was probably just a safer play. But yeah, man, really like uh, one.
1: Hey, let's, let's each go around and just share uh, the team that we think we did the best for. Uh, and we'll start with Connor.
4: Yeah, I would say... Jacksonville I mean it's kind of like an easier draft but I think like Lawrence obviously is a no-brainer then getting Morig I think was big I really like uh the Oklahoma State to have him slipping his name I like his size a lot and then I was also able to get the I almost traded down as well I kind of considered it but then I was able to get a nice receiver for uh Lawrence as well so I really liked my draft with the Jags I Kind of wish I could have traded down and gotten in trouble with them at the end of the round. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's just no uh, takers, so nobody was really willing to bite there. I guess if I had any picks, that would redo. Off the block, did Tutu Atwell go? No. No. I would have considered him over Amon Ra, to be honest. I kind of just slipped there. Dude,
2: Connor. Don't don't listen to Tommy. Don't listen to Tommy.
4: I think Tutu Atwell is good. I was really surprised he didn't go. That was one I was kind of thinking about.
5: He's like 145 pounds. So is Rondale, yeah. and you're all over Rondale. No, Rondale's 190, and I mean, I just was really disappointed by Tutu Atwell's tape. I like he's probably like one of my biggest fades for this year. I know the NFL Network has him as a top 50 player. I just think, much like Clep thought of KJ Hamler last year, the dude just is—he's 150 pounds.
4: One, like look at Devonta—he's pretty light too. Everybody's. I mean, yeah, Devonta Devonta's Arguably the strongest receiver. receiver in the draft. Yeah, I agree, but I'm just saying no. It's you're not right. Like this weight wise, based yeah. off weight. Yeah. Like, I like Tutu. Oh, I, I
5: just think like Devonta can, Devonta can play on the outside. I don't think Tutu can. And he's he's an exciting playmaker, but he's a, he's firmly a day 3 uh, Tommy,
1: who's the favorite team that you thought you did the best for?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um I really like what I did with San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco. I mean, it's it's easy to say the Jets and the Dolphins cuz I had like four four kicks at the can, but San Francisco getting Justin Fields and Javon Holland, I really like that a lot. Um I mean, me being the uh, the egomaniac that I am, I I kind of there's not really a class or a team that I really think I didn't do really pretty well Jets. with, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just cuz of Zach Wilson, but yeah, I mean, J- Justin Fields, Asante Samuel, Elijah Vera Tucker, and uh, and Travis Etienne. I mean, that you know, if you if you given you guys that uh, brain experiment instead of, um, you know, Zach Wilson. But I think this is about as good. I mean, maybe I could have taken a receiver for the Jets at some point. But I just think with the depth of the corner class, they I think corner is, you know, a huge need for them. Um, so... And then again, with uh, the Dolphins too, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Phillips, Landon Dickerson, and Javante, really like that. Um, you know, I, I I thought we all did a, a pretty good uh, job.
1: I like, uh, I like what I did for the Chargers, I think, just being able to get J.C. Horn and then Sam Cosme. And then I think, you know, as you would go maybe into the third round, just maybe adding a, a receiver with kind of how Mike Williams is on a contract here. You might want to get a, a developmental guy. Maybe that's where Nico Collins can go, Lee. Nice little third-round oh, yeah. slot to the Chargers. Yeah, that'd be a great fit. Um, but I, I just thought those were two great picks that were not were, were both for me, you know, the, the best player on my board at that point and fit a need for the team. So I just thought the draft for the Chargers felt really well. Uh, what about you, Lee?
2: Um, I already kind of went over the Carolina thing. I think for me it would come down to either Carolina, which I already explained, or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think it was the Giants for me. Um, being able to get Christian Barmore, who I really do think—sure, there's that concern that he's not going to reach his potential and he takes plays off, or the motor isn't there—but I think this guy's in that same category with the Quinn and Williams and, and the other Alabama interior defense alignment to a lesser extent. And I think getting him in the top 25 uh, at the late, I guess, at the later part of the top 25 is a, is a steal for the Giants replacing uh, Tomlinson and. Then getting Creed Humphrey to kind of secure the inside of that offensive line and adding a first-round pick for next year is really key for them because going into next year with two first-round picks, um, you know, if Daniel Jones does well this year, great. Then you have two first-round picks in next year's draft. If he doesn't do well, all, all of a sudden you got two first-round picks and and possibly you could be using that Tennessee first-round to to move up for a quarterback, which I think could be a great move for the Giants if Daniel Jones doesn't succeed. So for me, it would probably come down to either Carolina or the Giants. All
1: right, and then before we sign off, let's all uh, go around again and say uh, favorite pick that someone else made and least favorite pick that someone else made. Uh, Connor. Wow.
4: Hmm. Give me a scroll here, because I don't—I don't have it all written down here. Although we all know what it is, to be honest. But I'm going to act <laughs> like I'm looking, and you know, I, like I'm looking at any other pick here. All righty. Yeah, it's Zach Wilson at number two. <laughs> it's, it's probably not a shock. That I
5: was about to ask, where where would you guys
2: draft Zach Wilson? Second round.
4: Down there with Mac, man. Like, down there with Mac. Second 15, round. I have him ranked b-
2: below Mond. So, after 40. If Mond if was on the board and so was Zach Wilson, I would draft Mond over Wilson at 40. Like, I'll, I'll say that. That's just where I'm at with my analysis. But, you know, mid... Early, mid-second round, I would I would consider taking Zach Wilson. I think so much is situation-dependent with Zach Wilson.
1: Connor, um, a, a favorite 100%. pick by somebody else?
4: Oh, yes. My bad. Um, yeah, that one I'll actually need to look at here. Um... I would say you know it's gonna be Tommy. You got the guy, what's his name from Clemson, the offensive Carmen. lineman. All I know is he's 330 pounds or something like that. He's <laughs> fucking ginormous. Yeah, Jackson <laughs> Carmen. Yeah, that is probably my favorite pick. I remember like looking that he was a sleeper for me. Like probably 10, 12 picks later, and I was like, oh my god, somebody took him. And I was like, it's Tommy. Interesting. And they got your boy J.O.K. in the first You did, round, yeah. J.O.K., I'm curious, like, whether, I don't know whether the Raiders, like, really need him that badly. Obviously, like, I love him, uh, but I don't fair. know if it, that was, like, necessarily the need. It, I mean, the, I think he'll go, like, in that area. I'm, I kind of be surprised if, I don't know what to think of Micah Parsons, just, like, all the stuff that came out with him, because, like, he could go there up at 12. I think we, I think Lee took him, but, yeah, I don't know. I, he could easily be like a Reuben Foster, where like he just kind of just slips, 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 just because of the
1: stuff I've read about him. Lee, what about you?
2: Um, My least favorite pick is 44 through 46. You three guys, Klepp taking Diami Brown, Connor taking Terrace Marshall, and then taking Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I would say that's a cluster of picks. I just really don't like Klepp. You mentioned it when it was happening. Um, and then... I'd say my favorite pick, I'll, put, I'll, I'll say two, um, because I, I'm like that, I guess. I love Klepp going up to get Ben Cleveland. I just love that. I, I think that that is just a guy going up to get his guy, and if it succeeds, you're just that dude. You made that decision, and I just love that you were able to kind of, you know, put your reputation on the line a little bit to, to draft Ben Cleveland as the first quote-unquote inside guy. And then I'll give a shout-out to Connor at 49, taking Pat Fryermuth with the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's a great pick. Um, so yeah, that's probably where I land. And you know what? I'll give a nod to Tommy too. I gotta, I gotta give Tommy a nod. I don't want to exclude him from the, from the party here. So I'll, I'll say for Tommy. Um, oh yeah, Zayvon Collins, the Browns at 26. I think that's a phenomenal pick for him. Um, great fit and arguably could be the best linebacker in the draft getting him at the, the back end of the first round.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll 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 shout out Tommy quickly and just say Jalen Phillips at eighteen. Uh, I thought that was a great selection. I mean, I was considering him as high as seven with the Lions. Um, I think without, if you just take away the medical retirement and, and that whole thing, he's you know might be considered a lock for the top ten or at least someone trying to trade into the top ten um, to get him. Um, and then just the I'll just say Rondale Moore to, to the Ravens. I just think it's kind of redundant with what's already there. I I like, you know, obviously it's hard to not turn on like the Rondale Moore film and not get like super excited about what he's able to do uh, on the field. But there's issues there with availability and injuries, Um, potentially not, you know, really anything more than a a gadget type of player. Yes, the the home runs are absolutely there, but just thought it was a little bit of a reach there at at 27, especially with Duvernay's and the... um, and, and Marquise Brown, I think you would have been much. I'll, hey, I'll say it. Terrace Marshall, baby, I'll, I'll, I'll say Terrace Marshall has the, a better career than Rondell record, Moore. The record and, will show. And and he would have been a better pick there because you needed a big body outside guy for uh, for Lamar to throw to. Right Lamar now we can't got a throw bunch to of, big body right, outside guys. Right now we've got a bunch of midgets in the slot, so um, <laughs> wasn't a big fan of, of that selection. Um,
5: yeah, I mean. If you have listened to this podcast at all for the past two months, you know that I've Lee and I have had the Najee Harris Steelers thing. So that's kind of chalk. Obviously, I think that's the worst pick in the draft. But um, I mean, to be honest, not to not to harp on Lee, but I think taking Micah Parsons at uh, instead of Mac Jones, whether it's at nine or at twelve, um, and I don't. It's not that I really think that much more of, of Mac Jones. Um, I just think. If Mac Jones starts, you know, I think he just has a better chance of succeeding out of the gate as compared to Kellen Mond, and I think you really need that. Um, but overall, like, there's not really any picks that I like hate other than, you know, the Najee Harris. I think Slater. I would I would take a receiver instead of Slater. But other than that, I think everyone did a a pretty pretty good job. Yeah, I would say job. too,
1: maybe more so than other other years. I think. Um... We've all kind of planted flags in certain areas, and I think the draft will go differently. You know, like, I, I think at this point, it seems like the Bengals are going to take Chase, right? And, and, and we'll see what happens there. You know, the, Tommy, you're kind of planting yourself with Zach Wilson at two, which will happen, so we'll get to see how that plays out. He's kind of planting his flag with Kellen Mond, saying, I'm just going to take him in round two um, instead of trying to, re- you know, maybe reach for Mac Jones. And then, you know, Connor's taking Mac Jones here with, with the Patriots, even kind of exploring pre-draft trying to move up, so I, think, I just you know, try to
2: not let yeah. any of the outside influences, you know, mm-hmm. t- take any space in my brain. Like if we w- didn't have media availability, Tommy wouldn't be drafting Zach Wilson too. Mac Jones wouldn't be considered as high of a prospect. This is all being influenced by stuff you're you're digesting on a regular I, I basis. I gotta push
5: ba- I gotta push back there a little bit. I have uh, an extremely I hard I, time I,
2: believing you'd come to the conclusion that Zach Wilson was the second best quarterback in the draft on your own and say, yeah, he's better than Justin Fields. I, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm literally just saying I think a lot of people are that way. I understand way. you're not trying and to And I just me think out. that a lot of what draft season is is similar to the situation we're in as a country right now. It's basically what the media says it is. And, and it's what you're, what you're hearing on a regular basis, and it's these narratives that you – and I just think that – I, I try to remember how I felt about players when the college football season ended. I like to rely on my ability to watch college football and, and take that, Connor. I know you're in a similar in a similar way, just watching college football. These guys are good. These guys are not good. You form your opinions. They change whatever you. At the end of the college football season, I kind of make a mental note. Here's where I think. If I think Matt Jones is a fringe first round pick at the end of the college football season, I don't know. I need to be proven through rewatching Mac Jones that no, this guy's a top 10, top 15 player. And that just wasn't really the case for me. And I think that a lot of that has to do with just like media coming in. That's the same reason why Zach Wilson is my sixth ranked quarterback. Because if I ranked the quarterbacks after the college football season, I would rank Zach Wilson sixth because of his full resume, not just because of this past year. And watching his film, I wasn't blown away to the point where I was like, wow, this guy is for sure a top 10 pick. So that's just kind of me trying to come to my own conclusions about, about it, and, and not really leaning on any outside sources whatsoever. Um, and I understand where you know there could be criticism if Mac Jones is just like a better quarterback, which is highly possible. I just
5: but think I, I I think you just have to account for positional value. Like I think that's exactly you know, what I did. With I think you
2: with positional with quarterback. It's like if I have.
5: Yeah, I know, but not taking, you know, a quarterback like Mac Jones because you think he's a fringe first-rounder because 9 or 12 is too rich. I just think is kind of like flawed logic because you only have like one first-round quarterback every year pretty much, except for this year where you have like three. two. You know. Yeah,
2: but that's but what's wrong with that. Like <laughs> so I don't understand what your, you know, the criticism is outside of me having three well, just because it's such an important position at quarterback. I kind of disagree. Passing. Like I think it's obviously really important, but I don't think it like defines your team to the point where you have to take a quarter. Like if you have a quarterback ranked as a top uh, 32 prospect, let's say, let's say you have to take them in the first round. You have to take them or, yeah. or even like in the top 15, you know. Well, I just think a team like Denver, it's like they're picking at number
5: nine as a result of like Drew Locke's incompetence and Brandon Allen's incompetence and who is Brett Rippey and like them not having the quarterback position figured out. And I just think if you can upgrade a quarterback, whether it's Kellen Mond or Mac Jones, I think you got to do that because the opportunity cost of not doing that and taking Micah Parsons and having like being like the bears pretty much like having an unreal but i, but I did take defense and a really I good team got
2: mond. I, I did take kellen mond uh, of course of course but
5: he knew that no one was going to take him like the chances that kellen mond or maybe like god forbid kellen mond went before denver's pick and then it's like oh i really screwed up like i think if i'm talking about in i just kind of think that's you know, playing
2: the board a little bit like i I mean, yeah, I get
4: yeah. It. I don't. You can't blame him for that. It's the same thing as me in New England with Mac. Like no, I knew he wasn't taken. Like you don't
2: for, think NFL teams take risks like that, where it's like, hey, we're.
4: Yeah. They we're, certainly do. I just
5: think when it comes to i I'm saying specifically with quarterbacks, though, where like there's such a demand for it, and like we saw Jordan Love go at 26 like last year. Like, but that I, Jordan Love went at 26 because that's he plays stupid. quarterback. Like yeah, I disagree a with
4: pick. that. I, I tried like, to move I, Jordan Love. I don't I know he's what drafted. point that
2: makes. Like that Jordan Love. Oh, just because the NFL drafted Jordan Love in the first round means that it's logically sound. Well, no, my, my that doesn't make sense to me.
5: No, my I'm, the only point that I'm making is like you should have drafted Kellen Mond or like Matt, whoever you have higher, whoever your quarterback was, you should have taken at nine with denver that's literally the only so if, okay so if i have a quarterback ranking
2: and it's trevor lawrence and a tier of his own and then it's tier two which is like top 10 picks and it's fields and lance and then it's tier tier three which is fringe first round quarterbacks and it's mac jones kellen mond zach wilson you're saying i should take mac jones who's the first quarterback ranked in the tier three category with the t- with the yes. ninth or 12th pick because he's a quarterback
5: because you won't be able to take those guys in the second round, or you're going to have to trade up and sacrifice more capital. Where I think, like, you upgrade at the quarterback position in a vacuum. You do that because are you you're trying to win a Super Bowl every year? And Denver, like, actually has a legit case to be made on paper with like the talent that they no, had. They and it's don't. like if you can, they do not have
4: a legit case to be but
5: made to run into Super Bowl. I guess I'm legit.
2: seriously maybe. Maybe i, mean, I just make had one too many. He also rounds. got Mon.
4: He got Mon well, at a better thing. value. Dude,
5: so, i un- i understand, but i don't i don't i don't understand how you're not seeing what i'm saying. What do
4: you mean? Like, he has them valued basically the same. He said during the draft yes, that it's 1A, but, 1B, they're the same tier player and he got one way later
5: in the draft. Yes, but the likely but but in real life, if Lee's in Denver in You're the, saying the Mon world, won't be
4: there for Denver in the second round, in real life he could be He easily could be.
5: I don't think so. I just think so if could Mills. Lee, if Mills. I think yeah. yeah. The,
1: Tommy's argument is basically saying that Lee would have to essentially move up for Mond. Yes. I don't think so. But I
5: mean, or the risk, the risk of the risk of him. Yeah, the risk of, of
1: someone jumping you for Mond is is too great to because it's a quarterback. And if someone did jump you, you'd kind of be screwed is what, what I'm I saying. I guess I get that, but
2: my pushback would be all of the quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Kellen Mond, I guess the two, were both graded as fringe first-round prospects for me. So it's not really like I'm missing out on that. Like, I, think, God forbid, well, and, and, I mean,
1: to, to Lee's point, he was even saying um, you know earlier, hey, I have Mond as my 49th-ranked player, and I'm drafting him at 40. Like, you were – quote-unquote, overdrafting him a little bit based on your
3: board.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, Tommy, I get where you're coming from, but I just think that it's kind of like a trigger-finger mentality. I guess – well, no, all I'm saying, like, if I were to take
5: Kellen Mond with the Dolphins at 39 and pick before you, and then it's like, oh, shit. Mills or oh he oh, gets but 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 Lee doesn't want – no, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want – Maybe he if, does. If you have to take Kyle uh, Trask, How
2: can you say he just doesn't want to do that? Maybe Denver does. Lee, you know what I'm – I guess I know what you're saying, but you, Lee, but you didn't it you're like... You're talking day-to-day. about
4: real life one minute. Now you're talking about Lee. Lee got Mond when he wanted him. So it's either Lee got his guy when he wanted him, or we're talking about real life in which Denver may have Mills or Trask as high as Mond. No, I'm making a specific... I'm saying Lee. I'm you saying were saying Lee real life a minute ago. Mond, we can run this back because when this is done, and pretend, you can listen to this guy say real no, life. Connor, Mond I'm, I'm not there. hiding.
5: I'm not hiding from anything. Say I'm saying the... The opportunity cost of Lee not taking Mond in the first round and securing his guy, whoever it is, because a team like Denver, as opposed to Carolina, who has Darnold, who has a guy that Lee likes, Lee doesn't like Drew Locke. He doesn't like Kyle Trask. I know Lee, like, you You think Davis Mills is like Daniel Jones, but you surely would rather have Mac Jones and or uh, Kellen Mond instead of Davis Mills. I just think, you, would you not regret that if you took Parsons at 12? And both Mond and Jones were off the board I guess I at 40. I
2: regret it, but I don't think I'm winning a Super Bowl this year, regardless with Denver. Like, I don't think yeah. Mac Jones and Kellen Mond is the difference of, of me winning a Super Bowl or not. And that would be, I guess, a boneheaded move, but it was at the end of the day, this is what the draft is. It was a risk I was willing to take. And it's a risk I would be willing to take during the NFL draft, too, because I don't think Kellen Mond is going to go in the first round. And if I have to move up in front of Miami, if there's rumblings that Miami might take Kellen Mond or if there are fear strikes in me like, hey, they might take Kellen Mond, then that's something I would have to do. I acquired a pick moving back from 9 to 12. I could use that pick to move up ahead of Miami. This is all kind of part of the game. I don't think that – I kind of think you're selling yourself short by saying, oh, if there's any quarterback you want in the draft that you evaluate as any type of prospect who can make your team better, you need to take them with your first pick. That's what you're saying. And I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that.
5: I think if you have Drew Locke and you're trying to compete,
2: Tommy, it kind of just sounds
5: like
1: you should have taken Denver in the in (laughs) the team draft. Yeah, it's kind of what it's sounding like.
2: I I definitely would. I got Parsons in mind. I'm very happy with my draft with Denver. For what it's worth,
5: I'm not. I know, and you should be happy with it. All I'm saying, like in real life, I don't think you can take those chances with quarterbacks. That's all that I'm saying. That's the
2: well only
1: you can you're saying, him, saying you, this, you would not this. feel comfortable doing it you can't take those chances I would not feel comfortable but you you if yes. you were in the seat you would not be comfortable doing it which is fair but I think you're yeah. you're leaving some value on the table then
4: yeah. you so.
5: definitely are and and to bring it back I want to shout out everybody because there was a cluster of picks that I did really like and I guess I'm going against clep but Rondo Moore at 27 me taking Elijah Moore Klep, I mean, uh, Connor taking Kadarius Sony and then Klepp taking Greg Newsome. I thought those were all really good picks at the end of the first round. Um, the receivers, I just love Baltimore, New Orleans, and Green Bay, who are still in a relative Super Bowl window, going for it, and then Buffalo, you know, getting a, a really nice cornerback prospect in Newsome to pair with Tredavious White. So, thought that should be mentioned. Any parting in shots, boys? Up
2: for my Rondale pick. <laughs>
5: That's a great pick. I really wanted him for New Orleans, but I think Elijah Moore is a it's a nice consolation prize.
1: Any parting shots, Connor? Any anything you want to get out there? I mean, you haven't really been on the podcast during draft season. Anything you want to say?
4: No, I mean I made my piece pretty clear at the beginning of where I stand. You know, I I mean, hell, I would I'd love to just have a straight podcast where Tommy and I just go at it for like you probably we go out for two hours about those two young men. I can't wait for the – I guess my main thing to get out there is I just can't wait for this draft to happen. It feels like it's been an eternity and that mm. this should have been held like a month ago. Like it's just on and on and on. I can't wait for it to happen. It's kind of surreal that it is this week and it's it'll finally – all the talk will be put to rest and yeah. it'll be time to put it out there on the football field and I'm looking forward to seeing – how some of these picks do? I'm excited to see where my guy Tremble goes. That had to be a pick in the second round for sure.
5: What did I say, guys? What did I, I just say? Called it. I said Connor's taking Tremble in the It is not a
4: hot take. That's not a hot take. But yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but Lee Lee and Klepp
3: were, we're not saying not I wouldn't do it. Yeah, they, I
4: think Tremble's a great they, player. I would highly encourage anybody who wants to who's just like looking into the tight ends to go watch his tape because there was a time when I was texting Tommy where. There was no tape available on the guy, period. Like yep. you could look up Tommy Trouble yep. highlights and it was his high school tape. Like that was it. And so it's really cool to watch the blocking schemes that he was in at N D and I think he's gonna be a heck of a contributor at the NFL level. I don't think he'll go in the second round, but that's the fun part of the what would you do mock. I just think he's one of those guys that he's not gonna be a miss, I don't think. I'd be really surprised if he just like fades into obscurity in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd be surprised if Tremble makes it to day three. I think for sure he's going in the third. Yeah, right. I think I think we'll go in the third. I think I probably took. I think he's his pick this year is kind of like me, and he hasn't been great for the Lions, but it was kind of like my O'Quara pick the other year where I just took him. He had the same team, but around too early, and that's where I kind of think it probably is for Tremble. He probably won't end up on the Rams, but probably around too early. But I think he's gonna be good. I have a good feeling about him, just like I did with my boy Tranquil. I hope he heals up and is ready. Because I knew that guy would have a C on his chest at some point.
1: And, and how about the, uh, the BJP dra- brain trust on the predictive mock? Not uh, bowing to the odds with Justin Fields. Sticking with Mac Jones and now the yeah. odds have returned.
2: The odds have swung right back.
1: Yeah,
4: that was something I had, yeah texted, I know, with Klepp as we were saying, like, would you be comfortable? I think it was betting, wasn't it your life for, like, <laughs> generational wealth on fields going
1: at two to the Chats? No, was something about the, with the 49ers.
4: Yeah, 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 or yeah, with the 49ers, too. That yeah. one I was for sure not comfortable on doing. Yeah, if you would bet your life for generational wealth on <laughs> Mac to the Niners, if you could do it. But yeah, no. I'll stick with the Lions winning three in Lambeau bet. <laughs> I think there's value on Lance at three. I think it's kind
5: of like a yeah. narrative that no one's talking about, um, especially if they want to keep Jimmy G.
4: Um, yeah, I was texting you about Jimmy nice G. Either. You weren't really giving me much traction about him. I was trying to acquire him with New England. Yeah, you know, I just... I could have freed up Mac we'll, for your I mean, Washington football team, too
2: yeah that 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 is very true I just um, think so much of this too is like I don't know like you talk about because Tommy when you were talking to me about the bond thing it's kind of like like NFL in the in the uh, the draft room kind of stuff where it's like oh you you can't really come time when you're really in the draft room you can't really take that risk right like you I don't know if you'd be comfortable doing that and I'm thinking like man I don't want to prolong the Zach Wilson conversation, but I think if you're in the Meadowlands draft room, you'd have trouble talking Joe Douglas like into Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Like I think your balls would be shrinking a little bit having that conversation. It's your career. Too. Your career just, is over. I just think that these are, these are all extremely high-pressure, tough decisions, and you're taking a lot of risks at every pick you make, basically, whether you're trading it, whether you're taking someone, you're overdrafting someone, or you think you're getting – all this stuff is just kind of like – flux in a way where you kind of need to decide through the bullets flying what your what your moving forward state is going to be and i just think that i guess i'm just saying i think it's a little nitpicky what you're saying about mon because i don't think he's going to be drafted top 40 and i think he'd be a good pick at 40 and i think that uh that like that's a risk i'm willing to take just like a risk you're willing to take is that zach wilson probably has a lower floor than justin fields but you're going to take him because you think the potential is there for him to succeed like you're running that risk when you take him number 2 just like you know i, I think that risks happen with every pick i also so, i also think it's it's
5: interesting to think about like how much you know lance fields lawrence like them going to the jets how much does that increase like their bus probability all it of does, them you know, get increased. does
2: all of them yeah. get increased for sure No, it'd be foolish
4: for me to say if Fields does end up on the Niners, like, oh, they're on an even playing field. Like, of course, that would be foolish for me to say. And, like, if Wilson just gets wrecked by the Jets, like, incompetence, like, which, if he goes there, I think that is his future, that he's going to struggle in New York. But, yeah, it would definitely be foolish for me to be like, oh, yeah, like, Fields ends up with Shanahan and is just better because of the system. It's there. But I think with Wilson, the other thing that I did not put in my – beginning rant about Wilson is just like his inability to stand in the pocket. I think is like something. I think that's overblown. I'm sure you, you have to, if you're taking when... him at two, you well, have to think that's overblown. Well, there's plenty of
5: throws of him standing <laughs> in the pocket. Like there, there's plenty of, yes, he does bail the pocket like more than I'd like him to. But, and you know, that's where like the Baker comps come in a little bit. Like he does have some Baker, some bakery aspects to his game. I just think he's a lot, he's a lot better than Baker. Um, but that's stuff that you he has some like, Ian like, Book to him. Bro.
4: as an ND fan. He has a lot Baker of Ian Book to him. was the number one pick and
2: balled out around. at Oklahoma for two years straight. Only lost three games in his career. Yeah, and so would Zach no, Wilson if he was in bro. Oklahoma.
4: So no, no, bro, no, no, no 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 no, 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 no. Zach
2: Wilson <laughs> has literally shriveled when he's played against legitimate competition. There has not been a single game. Where he's played against legitimate competition and he has been up to snuff and looked like a first Whoa, round what, pick. What? Le- he didn't play any legit competition this
5: year, Lee. He lost to Coastal. Co- and he played well against Coastal. Tell me. No, he- no, he didn't. Sixty-eight yeah, he didn't. QBR. No, he you didn't. lost the game. I don't care. You, Grayson McCall you, you played better won, than he that. He was not the reason they. He was not the reason I didn't they say lost. He's that the game. reason they lost the game.
4: Grayson McCall. I did just
5: well. said it. He did not play well. Okay, and Michael Penix outplayed Justin Fields. How, what does Fields that won mean, the game.
4: Connor. That's what it means. Fields didn't have a 68 yeah, QBR against Indiana. The team let off the gas. I mean, they're up 21-0. You would if you like watched the game, that. you would know that the team literally was up 21-0. They started to coast because they're up 21-0. And then they turned it on at the yeah. end once they faced a little bit of adversity. Zach Wilson is 0-5 and, against and 10 wins with the five Fields teams. A very large... That's a significant sample size. With a one touchdown and seven picks against teams with ten wins in the group yes. of five. And he so and
5: he was Owen, and how many of those teams did he play this year? Like how much of that comes from
4: last year? Coastal. He played Coastal this year. I can, yeah, get, he played, I can Coastal. get the years for you if you want. But I'm just saying he, that's a pretty significant sample size. If you want to go to last year, talk about field stats last year. They're pretty darn good. Yeah. Fields has
5: again. I don't. I like Fields a lot. He's a top five. He's a top five player. The four quarterbacks you went were our top five players for me. Yeah, well, one of them is going to be that's bad. How, that's honey, how I think of them. One of
4: them is. Yeah,
5: that's that's sure that is. And I was I was laughed at when I said that I, these quarterbacks should go top four. You know, three months ago or whatever. Oh, no, you were laughed at when so, you said
2: they're all going to be good.
5: I said they go, and I said they should go yeah, top four. None so no of us think no, Zach Wilson QBs.
2: should go top four. That stays true to this day.
5: Yeah, that's fine. That's completely fine. But if you like the coastal game, like Wilson wasn't flawless, but he Dude, played look, well against Coastal. Carolina. I don't a accept that freshman. statement
2: that statement is false. He did not play yeah. well. He played a bad game against Coastal Carolina. He played well literally on the last drive of the game. He played well. No, not right. just the we, last drive. We can agree there's to plenty, disagree. There's plenty of elite throws against Coastal. I don't even know what your category of elite throw is anymore. It's just like something you say. It's like there's elite throws in every single game with every one of these quarterbacks Then, Like they make elite throws. Mm-hmm. If Zach Wilson had, has plenty of elite throws against Coastal Carolina, then there's elite throws on tape of every single game Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance have played.
5: I'm just pushing back against this narrative that like, Zach Wilson was, was the reason that they lost against Coastal. And it is a narrative because Connor well, Was said he the it. reason they won game? When did every I say Zach game? Wilson was, was the, the direct reason they, reason they lost? Game?
2: No, he's not the reason they You're won You're the one who won. said
5: he'd run the table at Oklahoma. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, he would Sonny. because Jalen Hurts ran the table at no, Oklahoma, no. dude. Jalen Hurts is starting
4: the NFL.
5: Yeah, I know he started in the NFL. Zach Wilson's
2: going to start I'm in the sorry. NFL. Not what for did? long.
4: Uh,
2: Jalen Hurts' Oklahoma team and Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma team are two different Oklahoma teams. Just because yeah. they both quote-unquote ran the table doesn't mean it's the same team. You yeah. made an analogy about Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson. Baker Mayfield was yes. a highly, highly consistent and competent quarterback at Oklahoma for more than one year. Yeah, He has the best coach I, in college football, arguably. Lincoln Riley's no, un- his coach. Unreal. It's just like... Well,
5: no, but I'm just saying that's why that's why I think Zach Wilson would tear up Oklahoma because every quarterback who plays for Lincoln Riley tears it up. Jalen Hurts Lee, who you do at Alabama, like was it also ran and got beat up by two? I guess became a second round pick by going to Oklahoma.
2: He was a Jalen day was, three wasn't guy, baby. Went to Oklahoma, dude. And Jalen Hurts, I'd honestly, like think Oklahoma was. wasn't that good when Jalen Hurts was a quarterback. They limped into the college football playoff in a in a listless yes, Big Twelve did. conference with really a. Utter lack of competition that year. Do you think Zach Wilson is a better prospect than Jalen Hurts? (laughs) I think that, yeah, I do. I think Zach Wilson's a better prospect than Jalen Hurts.
5: And so do you think he'd perform better at Oklahoma than Jalen Hurts? You don't think he would torch Big 12 defenses? I think think that they bring different
2: things to the table as a football, uh, as a quarterback at the college football level. I don't think that Zach Wilson is definitively a better quarterback at the college level than than Jalen Hurts is. No, I don't. I think Zach Wilson has more translatable skills to the NFL and more potential in the NFL, but I don't think that, like, he's a better NFL prospect, but I don't think that an Oklahoma team or a 2019-20 Oklahoma team with Zach Wilson... Is vastly different from a 2019-20 team with Jalen Hurts. I think that they're very. I think. I think they have more. I I think they definitely have more upside just because he's so much more talented of a. Jalen, Jalen Hurts than Jalen 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 Hurt is so much Hurt more says. of a talented runner an open field, like like runner with the ball, which he did a lot at Oklahoma, which is a big part of the reason why they were successful. Yeah. So if you take that away and bring in Zach, well, I, I don't know how big of a difference there is. I don't know what this proves either. Like,
5: I don't think it's ridiculous at all to say Zach Wilson would run the table at Oklahoma and be like a Heisman finalist so much of it is numbers, he would pull up insane numbers at Oklahoma. He'd be doing
4: what he did at BYU, but on steroids. He put up insane numbers against San Diego State when they won 28-14 to
2: 14 this year.
4: He went 19 for 30 with two. I feel like you're just yards, ignoring the one fact... One touchdown, one pick against that's Coastal. Zach Wilson, What's he going to do against the Big 12?
2: Zach Wilson was a mediocre quarterback for two years at BYU, and then in the COVID year, he went off against utterly terrible competition. And now all of a sudden, he's like Aaron Rodgers.
5: Like that, yeah, because the tape that he put on this year was unbelievable. If you like, yes, he's blowing up against poor competition, but the traits that he's showing on tape are NFL traits. He's making NFL level throws. He's throwing with anticipation, he's throwing with accuracy. There's ball placement. He doesn't throw with anticipation when he's out of the pocket. I cannot wait
4: for a team to just contain him. Put his ass in the pocket, and okay. he literally looks like Manziel because he can't drift fifteen does yards fields outside and find even, a receiver that gets so, ten yards of separation. That's
5: just, I just, discri- I I just, just think fields that's not unfair. throw We're gonna find accuracy. out, baby,
4: and that's my favorite part.
5: Does All this fields talk not throw, is throw with Yes, accuracy. he does. Does he not make tight window? Yes, throws? he does. But what is it? What
2: puts? What moves yes, the needle? Yes, he does. Make Zach Wilson a better prospect.
5: Zach Wilson has better arm talent what, than what Justin What does fields. that mean? Explain that to me. I think he's. I think. I think. I think the. Categories you just went through with anticipation, all accuracy. I think Zach Wilson does that better than Justin right. Fields.
2: We can agree to disagree then. I,
5: I don't think it's that that's that hot it of a tape. There's people who are even hornier on Zach Wilson than I am. Like who? <laughs> I mean, obviously, big Chris Sims is, but like, there's. Zach Wilson is going number two for a reason. It's not it's because, because the Trubisky Jets are went number two, him. boy. That's why he's going Trubisky number two. Trubisky went
4: number two, th- but what three the Jets years are ago? Marketing him is a good-looking guy who's going to sell gear. That's why he's going number two because the Jets are an in inept franchise. Joe Douglas gonna is be stuck. I don't think Joe Douglas is horrible a forever. That's why he's going number two for to sell jerseys and headbands for, to sell nice little NFL branded headbands. That's, that's ridiculous. That's I think two. that's
5: a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous hypothesis. All right, it. well. That means that means that oh I don't my job is to not build a good football team. And take I think the it's best a ridiculous hypothesis that, the,
2: that that there's fairy dust around Zach Wilson that makes him a better quarterback than Justin Fields because nothing of what you're saying is substantial. It's all subjective. Saying oh he has better arm talent.
3: It's a projection, arm dude. It's he a has projection. Better arm talent.
5: It's a projection. Like I'm we're projecting these players to the next level. Like okay, so here's like, here's what I'm they, saying.
3: If
2: Fields has a a stronger resume objectively, clearly has a stronger resume. Yes. E is yes. more athletic. C is bigger yes. and stronger. And you're telling me that the margin that Zach Wilson... Yeah, but Justin Fields is, is bigger and stronger and a better athlete than Trevor Tommy, Lawrence.
3: Mm, and ha- no Tommy, first of all, Lawrence. that's not
2: true. Second of all, yeah. let's talk about the conversation we're having right now. We're talking about Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I know, Jones. but it's like, what, are you, what does that
3: mean? Though? I'm what trying that to mean, pinpoint where bigger, the
2: difference is for you because you say it's in the arm talent. And I'm saying, what if, is, the difference, yes. what is the difference in arm talent significant enough to overcome the fact that Justin Fields has a better resume, is bigger and stronger, and is a better athlete? Yes. Okay. Yes.
5: Yes. Because that's the position. The posi- arm talent is the number one requirement for the position, all other intangibles aside. So like that's where, like he's bigger, he is bigger and stronger. He is a better athlete than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's not taller than Trevor Lawrence, but he's bigger and stronger there, than Trevor Lawrence. In, Trevor terms, Lawrence of their, in terms of their pounds. size,
2: <laughs> like as a player on a football field, I don't think that Justin Fields is like bigger than Trevor Lawrence. Like he weighs more. Trevor Lawrence is still a really big dude. Who would you rather tackle Tommy, in the open field? Yeah, he's there, a big. Trevor group. Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields are in a different category of. I think of, it's. Of, I think
1: it's more Tommy. I think it's more about like all three of those guys meet a threshold where it's like I'm not concerned about their size.
5: I'm not concerned about Zach Wilson's size. Uh, he's
1: that's I mean, fine, but 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 but, tr- but, make- but it's the point of all the other areas are better for Fields, and it's just like this little one point of contention where you think that his arm is better than Fields, which is I think debatable at best. It is 100% is somehow fair. pushing him above him.
5: Because I think when you project both of these players to the next level, like I said, I think Fields has a higher floor, which is why I almost took him at two. Just because, like throwing those dudes to the wolves in a less than ideal situation from from week one, I think I'd rather have Fields. But you have to make this as a, as a five year decision, and if you think both of these players are going to improve within this system, I think that I think that Zach Wilson has better. I just I don't see how I don't impact. get
1: how Zach Wilson's. Ceiling is somehow higher than Justin Fields is
5: because I because I th- I think he's a better thrower of the football. I would ra- like I'd like his ceiling as a thrower of football over Justin Fields.
4: You almost took him at two a, it- because you know Tommy, you know deep in that crevice, you know you know what we all know to be true, and you just don't want to say it. Which I get it. It's all right. You can text me before Week One. All's forgiven, but the minute those boys hit the field,
0: locked. Mm.
3: Last night I tried
0: some raw oysters. Man, that boy growing up quick. That boy know he shit. That boy singing on every song when he know he could spit. That boy manifested it. That boy knew it was written. That boy did it on purpose. That boy know that they shitting on you when they can't get past you. You should have followed all my moves, you won't realize the after. And if I left this shit to chance, I would have picked a name like Chance the Rapper. Yeah. No offense cause I don't know that nigga I'm focused on making records and getting bigger Just hits, no misses, that's for the married folks Tell them fix my suite up cause I'm coming home I heard they talking crazy, I was out of town You know they love to pop all that shit when I'm not around But when I'm here, not a sound That don't make me snap, jot it down Go in the booth and lay a body down Know some Somalis that say we got it with well, Get us us and coffee, we'll wait for him in the lobby And I gotta tell him chill Bright got me on payroll, let them man live, they say okay if you say so. See whatever I say, go. I play like I'm on Royce, no Conseco, no Oakland A's though. Shout out to Beto. I think I'm on my eighth flow, just watch me paint flow. We all do it for the art, so I can never hate though. Signing off on more deals than a lawyer with a heavy caseload. How the game turn into the Drake show. Dog, what the fuck happened to so so where did they go? Too worried about bitches in fashion, they go missing in action. And then you never notice they missing On some Hunger Games shit, I would die for my district Jennifer Lawrence, you could really get it Yeah, I mean for real, girl, you know I had to do it for you You know I had to do it for you You know I had to, oh wait, sidebar, left some beat at the end So that all of you fuck niggas could loop it and get your lies off Yeah, Draft Day, Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft Day, A Wiggins. Fuck that other side, bitch, we stay winning. Oh, man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah, Suits and Ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. you know No
5: read the news it's garbage and the editor that wrote the thing he's garbage I
0: got guys on my back about scheduling saying it's too tough well guess what it's the Vision one football it's the SAC heck you pledged didn't you go play in the murals brother go
5: play
3: in the